hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Hi. Hi. Um, I haven't well, we just had a meeting, so we're good. Where I have, I have now officially seen you in quite. What some are time. we? But, a business. I know, but as of an hour ago, I hadn't seen you in a long time, and I it felt missed weird. you. I we've I, we've not recorded in a bit. It's a holiday. It was Thanksgiving week, so everybody kind of went their own ways for a few days, and well, also feel- we were on. We went on like a huge last final leg of our tour. We did our last shows. It was very like emotional. Your mom was there. So like you, you know, you had that. I traveled home early. We just got, we were like in the same place, but like not, I don't know, kind of missing each other. We um, were not mentally in the same place. I, no, I not mentally, definitely. <laughs> uh, um, no, we may have I... been mentally in the same place, but in different universes. Like, Oh, uh, a little overlap. I'm still waiting for you to find the note in this room over here. Speaking of oh, being in other realms. What, oh my God. I'm so glad you said that. Okay, I had a dream. Okay, <gasps> I had another lucid dream. But I was so annoyed because in my dream, I said, oh my God, oh my God, it's happening. I have to go to M's house. So I was like, okay, I would like to go to M's house. And I like turned in a circle and then I appeared in your apartment. And I was like, <gasps> oh my God, it's working. What did it but look then... like? Was I naked? What did you find? <laughs> you were on the potty. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you were in the kitchen and I was like, M, I made it. And you were like, okay. Like you were like not impressed. And Aww. um 
I was like, I got to find that note. But like, you know, when you're in a dream and you're like trying to either run or trying to, you're trying to do something and yeah. or like dial a number and you just can't do it. It felt like that where I was like, I have to find this note. And I like, couldn't grasp like how to find it. It was so strange. I like, couldn't get it. And I think my brain was just not letting me do it. I think it. you're only like one step away from absolutely finding this note. And then I said to you, I said, well, um, is there anything you want me to tell you tomorrow like when you when I wake up like is there anything you'd like me to relay back to waking him and then you said no not really and I said please anything and you're like nah I was like what what you found the wrong universe because wow in this world if like a like a like a see-through version of you which is how this is in my mind if they were like anything you want me to say I'd be like um that I fucking saw a see-through version of you (laughs) It'd be crazy. And then I found Eva, and then I said, "Eva, what do you want to say?" And she kept going, "Hmm, let me think." <laughs> Wait, let was me Eva, think. Was Eva in my house? No, I went and like found her because I was like, oh, "Well, maybe Eva nice. will have something." And then I couldn't get either of you. I mean, it was my own brain. I'm, I, I recognize that, but I could not get either of you to say anything like noteworthy to bring back the next day to you, except for I don't know. Is what you both kept saying. So I um, think any note you would have given me though would have been ominous. Like anything I yeah, would have said been like, felt like a lot of pressure. Like I feel like poor Eva in the dream was like, Oh wow, that's a good question. Let me think. And I was like, I don't have time to think. I'm gonna wake up any second now. And then, you know, mm. I woke up. But uh it was, I, uh, I forgot. I totally forgot until you mentioned the note that that had happened last week. I feel like you're really so close like now that you've been able to like find us now you just have to like channel so in like creepy. the right us that will lead you to into the right places i just love that i like find you in my dreams like how creepy like i'm the biggest weirdo oh, that sounds like the mommy comes back song <laughs> to get me <laughs> we just learned that because i was saying how i'm traveling next week and i was like you know it's hard to leave leona and so i've been trying to fill in while you know blaze wasn't feeling too well and make up for when i'm gone and then emma said well you know my mom was a working woman uh you know while with a child so like you could talk to her and she even wrote a song about it and of course even i were like do tell uh and em sang it for us and it was uh just as delightful as yeah. i expected well the i yeah no my it is weird to be friends with you it's so weird how i feel like the universe kind of brings obviously certain people in your world and all that right. that's how i say things but uh to be friends with someone who is going through what my mom went through where she was a 30 31 year old with a brand new first time baby she was a first time mom and she traveled all the time for work and so yep. it's weird to be friends with to watch you uh-huh. do, do what my mom was probably doing and look you turned out fine so leona is yeah, in I, great hands i twitch <laughs> and i have a couple of attention disorders Only but a few mental illnesses <laughs> between the two of us it's fine but uh no in case anyone's wondering my mom used to sing this song out of tune and offbeat and out of key and all that horrible stuff though but yeah, she said, tried oh, her best oh, she ba- she bounced me to the beat but really she was just shaking me and, yeah, and shaking her own at the same time yeah it was uh, i mean it was delightful to listen to uh, my mom, hopefully, I know she's listening, so I hope you enjoy this rendition of the the main core memory I have. Uh, Take it away. Mommy comes back. Mommy comes back. Mommy comes back to get me. 
and that just sing it over and over and over for eternity. It's like the song again, that never again. ends. Yeah, yeah, it's like the song that never ends. Um, but the goal was so that I would remember when she was gone Mom the words of the back. song that she'd come back. Mom so back. I love it. I'm gonna start singing it. Mom, the torch has been passed. Yes, there, there I feel like go. the tradition continues. It's just it's very exciting. Um, so thank you for that. I I oh I wanted God I feel like there's so many things to tell you and this is one that I meant to tell you last episode but I left it downstairs and I have a feeling since we haven't gotten to open uh, fan mail together recently we mm-hmm. haven't received this together um, but one came to my PO box here in Kentucky and uh, it said your long awaited birthday gift and I was like okay and it said Christine we all love you so much so I'm assuming there's some for you in the uh, <laughs> maybe not <laughs> no no they are I, I promise okay we all love you so much happy belated birthday um, this project involved 50 plus fans who donated and will receive a gift of their own. All proceeds from this project will be donated to Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women USA in honor of your birthday. And I don't know Aww. what your card says, but um, I'm going to show this to you. It says, and that's <gasps> why we tarot. Shut okay. the fuck up. So you're going to lose your mind. Ready? Mm-hmm. Here are the cards. They were all designed by different people. <gasps> it's like a full deck Oh, well, they freaking... all were assigned a card. That's so yeah. nice. And 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 it has all it has like a guidebook in it. What? Okay. I know. Why is it not? Oh flipping? my oh, god. Uh, and it has like here. Look. Okay. Of course. Here's the King of Pentacles. Um, it's of course a lemon. Oh my um, god. Here's the Queen of Pentacles. It's me surrounded by lemons. Shut up. <laughs> it's literally just you with lemons. <laughs> Judgment is Geo. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the uh, devil? Please make. Uh, me- I'm trying to remember which one you were. Uh, Who is the devil? This this is great. The stars, but they did like a Starbucks thing where it says M, just the letter M, and Christine spelled with like a K. Uh, So it's like the stars. It's like they misspelled it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Oh my Um, gosh. I'm not kidding you. Uh, This the tower has noodles all the way to the top. (laughs) On the top. I mean, like the creativity here is just next fucking level. Shut Um, up. Oh, temperance is me with a box of wine because you know it's the opposite of that. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, So Eva and I usually we do fan mail, the LA fan mail together, and then you do your own PO box. But Eva and I, we we got to film another one now. I I just gotta. I gotta find that thing. Oh my gosh. Um, there are some just like great. The chariot is Geo being pulled by Mooney and Junie. Um, <laughs> I got to find the one of you. It's great. Uh, unfortunately, the lovers are you, me, Lemon, and Geo. So uh, that's whatever wrong. That, Whoever that's... made that was that was historically. What do you call it? Revisionist history. <laughs> Revisionist history. Um, the hierophant is Walt. Uh, <gasps> I know. Oh, Walt I mean, looks not like how I imagined him. <laughs> But, okay, uh, he whatever. looks pretty much exactly how I imagined him. <laughs> Eva is the empress in watercolor. I mean, come on. I love it. Um, I got to find the one of you. Oh, here you are. I, you would think you're, I'd of be course, the... the fucking magician. Now that is something. That. I'm, I'm going to frame that. I'm officially yeah. not going to have a full deck because I know. You know how people take, well, maybe you don't, but uh, a lot of people who are card collectors, I only know pers- like Pokemon card collectors, but a lot of them will put like the original hundred or so like framed in one big frame. Right. I might just have like all the tarot cards. <gasps> what like, a fun idea. And I wouldn't be able to play with them, but I sure would be able to stare. No, at but I got two decks you see, because I think <gasps> we each got two because it's sort of like, Oh, it said one for a friend and one for you. And so I'm like, well, friend is also me. So yeah, I'm my own friend. I'm a Gemini. Uh, can I Hang also on. tell you? Yeah. There's two of each of us. Uh, can I tell you? You're also the fool. And uh, okay. it's 
it's you and Gio. This is ridiculously hilarious. It's you and Gio walking out of a door at the Winchester Mystery House that leads to nothing. And you're about to like step out. And I'm in my clown uniform. And you're about to just step out the door to nowhere. (laughs) Now you're the fool. That's hysterical. I mean, like, it's just amazing. I haven't even gotten to look at all of them. Um, they're just so beautiful. The five of wands is five plungers holding up the plunger fort. <laughs> like they just worked so wonderfully hard on these. And I, I was so taken aback. Like, I mean, I haven't even looked at half of them yet. So I, I just was so excited and I didn't want to go through them yet until, um, I told you about it, but so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I got it. Okay. So I'll yeah. head over to the PO box today. My God. Like these are just incredible. All the artwork is different on oh my god leona is is the queen of cups <laughs> stop it that the fact that she looks so lanky but has no neck in that picture yes i love it she's part. just like a little chunker Aww. and then the king of cups is of course zach bagans hello uh-huh i thought he might be the devil that's what i thought oh we were the going. devil's actually the devil i do appreciate that they were oh. like let's just let's just uh we'll call them fools and i magicians. thought the devil would at least be the hersing shifter yeah that oh i bet the her i think the hersing shifters in here somewhere i'm she's sure she's gotta be she's gotta, she's gotta be. be um wow. oh my god the ten of swords is the fucking cake, uh, lumberjack cake that i tried to make you <laughs> <laughs> just a big fail oh i can't even keep looking at it because i'm just gonna keep distracting oh, us but that's so touching is this the same group of 50 who seem to like just absolutely deliver it every year I feel on our like birthdays it must be it's it gotta just be said, there's like some little crew i don't know if they have a name it for themselves the but... atwwd fam and i was like oh my god of course i didn't have the box on me like when I'm i su- at this point i feel like they just have like a birthday organization oh cause... sorry thank you to eva is the acknowledgement so she clearly already knows about this <laughs> uh we appreciate all you do thank you sadie oh my god sadie ray for not only designing the gorgeous backs of these cards but also working the card assignments and artwork abby lutz for managing the emails collecting the cards organizing fundraising and making the booklet thank you tatiana for helping pack and ship and spell checking posts and emails thank you shuffled ink for printing our cards and booklets especially gabe who dealt with way too many emails from us and finally thank you to makeplayingcards.com for producing our beautiful boxes how my god is this and thank you by the way to all the artists who put so much beautiful time and energy into this oh and all the artists are in the booklet oh see it's things like this where i'm Aww. like not trying to throw any particular shade to ourselves here but like they could do this like i feel so silly when like a t-shirt doesn't work out like yeah like, we can't even figure out how to like yeah exactly i was like wow you, what a team to organize all these different do you know who betsy is it says their hometown uh is fredericksburg virginia betsy no betsy betsy rosnick Betsy, I know a Betty. I just happened to open it to that. I don't know. Well, hey, Fredericksburger, what's up? Hey. Anyway, this is just so cool, and I can't wait for you to get yours. Well, I yeah, a thousand percent. You've now given me an an errand for later, but I'm excited (laughs) about it. Oh my gosh. Well, that's why I drink. By the way, sure. Yeah, I guess that's why I drink too. I I, nothing's gonna beat that. Do you drink because you're the fool, which cracks me up? I drink because we've all known I'm the fool. What's <laughs> what are you drinking? Do you have a liquid in front of you today? Just got my uh, cool textured Starbucks oh, cup. The sensory water. Is it water? How come it's purple at the bottom? Is it color changing? Nope, it's just a cool design. Oh, oh, oh! oh. I didn't know if that was all the water you had. I was like, girl, pour some more. We're no, here for a while. It's filled up. Um, so I, what I'm are drinking, you drinking? Um, Snapple. Mmm. Um, wow a classic you know have you do you have a this is gonna sound weird and maybe 
maybe it's another indicator of my neurodivergence. You tell me. Um, but I feel like there are certain things that I, when I taste them, I go not just immediately to a memory, but like a whole genre of memories. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so um, when I taste Snapple, I think of every childhood memory of my mom. Because oh. this are like the old, like from the like early 80s or late 80s, early 90s, like Crystal Light. Because she had like them bulk. Oh. And I think she was still trying to finish them when by the time I was here. But they. <laughs> oh, no. But it was it was like this like green flavor they don't make anymore and then snapple where like wow every time i drink them i immediately remember like a whole like flashback of my childhood comes back but they're all scenes of my mom so it's singing mommy comes back <laughs> maybe probably <laughs> at least in some of them um but yeah that's uh also i also taste um those like snack well cookies the, in oh, the green box boy all, the diet cookies that all their moms diet ate. cookies yeah it's, those Blech. three things are the flavors of my my mother memories there was so. definitely a slim fast uh era in my home which is just disturbing to think that was about. ours oh not good not good stuff my mom was one of those people which uh by the way we are very body positive here i'm not trying to Hell yeah. throw not trying to throw any particular shade but just to rip on my mom for a second great her, her <laughs> one of my favorite pastimes of her is every week being on a different diet and then wondering why she's not losing weight and i'm like girl the consistency <laughs> is not there uh but yeah so who I, needs it it's overrated it, be it became a, a quote where she's like i'm on a new diet i'm on a new diet and i was like okay well <laughs> i feel like you I mean, it's just going with whatever you want to eat today uh, that's so. kind of I think what the diet industry hopes for all of us is that we just keep coming back to the same ones over and over, different ones every week. Or well, whatever they don't diet want she us was, to succeed, you know, that's how it goes. Whatever diet she was on, it always consisted of snack well cookies and Snapple <laughs> and Crystal Light from the eighties. So. Yum, <laughs> yummy. Okay, anyway, that's what I'm drinking today. Well, I'm drinking water, so that's uh, about as healthy as one can get, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. But it's only because it's two o'clock here. In a few hours, I'll be back on that wine train, so mm. don't worry. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15 percent off their first order at burrow.com slash drink that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w dot com slash drink for 15 percent off burrow.com slash drink 
It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, okay, I've got um, a little story for you. And I thought this was something i'd covered in the past but our episode list says no so oh i love when this happens because there's just like a tinge of anxiety through the first 10 minutes of your story (laughs) where both of us are trying to grasp (laughs) onto like any memory of this so what i so i'll tell you the topic the topic is uh the beast of bray road why do i know that i don't know i I definitely know that I feel like it's one that maybe we covered on another show, maybe? Like when we did a guest swap, Could maybe? Could be. I feel like that happens. But Beast of Bray Road, you, I swore. So I thought that we have covered the Beast of Jovedon. Okay, yes, I do remember but that. But I do remember the sound of Bray Road, Beast of so Bray do I. Road. We've Wait, had did to you have... cover it at a live show? Oh, maybe that's what it was. Because it's Wisconsin, it says. Maybe that's where you did it. Maybe that's what happened. Wisconsin, let me know. Um. I really couldn't tell you. It's I'm telling you, I feel like people are always shocked when we don't know our own topics, but like, you know what? You cover 300 it topics. Is, yeah, it is embarrassing and we do recognize that, but like also I am embarrassed, truly. We have no control over it. Well, that's why that's why I made the episode guide because I was like at least then I'll feel confident. But then I'm like I still don't feel confident. It just adds even more anxiety because we're like where did we mess up? Somewhere exactly. along the line. Yeah. Like something what went topic wrong. did I just throw in there that is oh, not true? God. Uh yeah, so apparently we have covered this i actually between live shows and guest swaps uh, you know it, it, maybe we did cover it somewhere but we've never covered it on the show so okay, great let's start there um at least according to the episode guide so that this you is the piece that we made <laughs> that we made i made it at the time feeling so confident so i, I really know, need to I just mean, trust in myself i trust in you so okay well for what thank it's you. worth just the two of us it's nice over <laughs> nobody here nobody else i hear crickets okay oh, so the beast of bray road is also known as the wisconsin werewolf um Ooh. so we've got two little nicknames for this guy Love and it. he's known to haunt the rural roads of wisconsin at night specifically on a certain road can you guess which one is it called bray road that just might be the one christine wow. so smart thank you the first sighting I'm just going to, I am i don't expect you to know this, but just for fun. What, how long ago do you think was the very first sighting of the Beast of Bray Road? Oh, um, 1962. No. Um, 
You my wouldn't psych- have known. My psychic practice is not working today. <laughs> right. Maybe that should have been the question you like asked me in your sleep. Like, oh, when did the yeah. Beast of Bray Road get As seen? As if you would remember, since apparently you did or did not cover this, maybe at some point or maybe never. Right, exactly. Uh, if Yeah, if you get to talk to an alternate reality me again in the future, ask if I've ever covered this somewhere else, because maybe I'll know <laughs> over there. Okay, so the first sighting was actually in 1836. Long time Got ago. Got it. It was oh, hundred, oh Jesus yeah I was way off 186 years ago, and it was in, near Jefferson, Wisconsin, which I guess is where Bray Road is. So there was a guy named Mark Shackleman, and he was a night guard at a school. Uh, the school was called the Saint Coletta School for Exceptional Children. It sounds which, like a, like some weird shit was going on there. I feel like yeah, it sounds like the X Men went there. Sounds I like, feel yeah, I was like say superhero training. Yeah. I feel like schools back then either sounded so fancy or were those one-room schoolhouses I'm so obsessed with. Like, yeah. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. It's like there either you were like an a... exceptional child or like you were eating like dry noodles for lunch or something. I yeah, like the 1830s. The 1830s, I don't think of like PS 118. Like there was yeah, no yeah, middle yeah, yeah. ground high no, school. No, just like classic like uh, public school. It's like you either... I don't know. Yeah, either you were exceptional or you absolutely were not. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the castle you went to school at. So, Oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the school, uh, again, was called the St. Coletta School for Exceptional Children, and it was an old Franciscan convent, so it was home for nuns. Oh, spooky. Uh, the school was in a rural area with a bunch of fields and orchards, and at the time, there were also several indigenous statues and burial mounds out there. Um, which are now either gone or defaced, I assume. Excellent. Wonderful. Uh, But Mark was walking the grounds and spotted out there in the field a huge canine-looking figure, and it was digging in the fields near one of the mounds. Oh, no. He thought it might be a wolf until it stood on its hind legs and was around Ah! six feet tall. Oh, no. I hate that. Imagine, can you imagine if Geo stood up on his hind legs and he was six feet tall? <laughs> That's going to be in my next horrible dream, nightmare dream. <laughs> I'm, like you just implanted that into my mind. Thanks a He's lot. He's going to stretch out like the neck of a like brontosaurus or something. <laughs> I hate it. So this wolf stands on its hind legs, this creature, and it runs off into the trees. And the next night, Mark sees the creature again. First of all, Mark, the next night you should have called in sick. I would yeah, have not come yeah. back. I don't know if I, I think at the school for exceptional children, one does not call in sick. I don't think that's acceptable. Yeah. I wonder if for exceptional children, you have to be an exceptional night guard. I'm, I'm saying or an ex- exceptional what? An exceptional night guard. That's what he was. Oh, he's a night guard. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 I missed think? that. I thought, oh, no, he I, was... I thought this was like a student. No, no, no. He was on watch uh, at oh, night. Oh, I thought this was just a student. Okay. I'm sorry. No, either way, uh, as an adult who could, who is like old enough to be a night guard, if I saw that, I wouldn't come back. Oh, hell no. Hell I'd be no. like, I've, I've seen what I've needed to see, as the yep. TikTok kids say. <laughs> I've seen um, what I needed to see. And so the next night he sees the, this is the second night, he sees the creature again, digging in the same spot, stands up and runs away. He's so, he did say when all, on all fours, it did look like a big dog, um, but on a tiny legs, it looked like a muscular man with Ew. arm, with arms instead of front legs and hands instead of paws, but it still had the face of a dog and fur all over its body. Ew, I hate that it has human hands. That's so creepy. <laughs> I especially don't like that that's the only part morphing into a human. 
Yeah. Like not even Ugh. the face, not even like the hair coming off of you. It's like you either have paws or hands and that's the only thing separating you apparently. <laughs> so gross. The second night, uh, not only was he able to describe this creature, but he also said that he heard it snarl at him as if it recognized that Mark was looking at it. Oh no. The snarl was otherworldly, and he could see that the creature had huge fangs in its mouth. And Mark could also smell, despite the distance away from him, he could smell rotten meat coming off <gasps> of the creature. Oh, no. Uh, Mark also said that the snarl sounded animal-like, but almost like garbled words. And he was Ew. nearly convinced it was talking to him. This is way creepier than a lot of the, uh, whatchamacallit, cryptid stories. I don't know why. I feel like because, like, the most we know about Bigfoot is him walking like this. Yeah, right, right. You know? Like, that's... As, like, Sometimes, he has, like, a, he throws little rocks. Yeah. I feel like one of the reasons we love... I feel like most people are either, like, a big Bigfoot fan or a big Mothman fan is... Right. At the very least, like, they have, as far as I know, have yet to harm anybody. They're just loved from a distance. Yeah. This one seems especially uh, menacing. Mm, and also, like... I think the fact that it's, like, trying to communicate, it just makes me feel icked out. I don't like that. Well, I think it's because, at least with Bigfoot or Mothman, we can almost, we can pretend more that uh, it doesn't have, like, the emotional intelligence to communicate with us. Mm. But this one feels like, it's almost like when, um, this feels like the cryptid equivalent to when there is an intelligent haunting. I was about to say, when a ghost sees you. Yeah, and you know it sees. Yeah, Blah. to be right. to be you're acknowledged totally right. by it is yep. just you're 100 percent right. So weird because I crave acknowledgement everywhere else. But like <laughs> now that this thing's what if looking that's at what me, Mark, what's that? What if that's what Mark felt? He's like, well, I guess I did always want someone to pay attention to me. <laughs> He's like, I it's just happening. want recognition, and if it's coming it's... from him, then that's fine by me. I'll just plug my nose. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, after those two events, though, I hope Mark didn't need any more recognition because he never saw the creature again. Oh, too bad. Um, but I guess he did have at least a loud enough mouth that the locals heard him talk about it for quite some time to a point where the beast became local legend. Oh. And uh, it would be years before another sighting. But at, after this moment, the and when I say years, by the way, it seems more like uh at least a century <laughs> oh but the but the local legend of the beast did stay with the town and people were like oh allegedly there's a monster here allegedly there's a monster but we now travel from 1836 all the way to your birth year of 1991 hey and we are in elkhorn wisconsin which is relatively rural but i do want to say is only about an hour from milwaukee or around two hours from chicago so um not that rural, you know. Right. It's like outside of town, but not like way in the sticks. I think like the perfect amount of rural because like yeah. you get your your private space, but also if you want like a weekend in the city, it's you gotta, not that you hard. You can go to Costco on the weekend if you need to. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, it's really the, the perfect blend. Um pandering to Elkhorn currently. I yeah, guess. I guess. Um, I'm like you to, for someone who lives in Los Angeles. <laughs> I know. Well, no, what it, it sounds like like my my dad's town where it's like very away from everything but also right. if you need if you need fun you got fun yeah it's accessible to the good stuff yeah, yeah, yeah so in 1991 there was a local newspaper in elkhorn called the week and would you believe it it was a weekly newspaper i barely believe it but i'm convinced <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it's not daily so uh there was a writer at the week called linda godfrey and right. 
I feel like Linda Godfrey has been on the case. I could be totally mistaken, but I feel like Linda Godfrey is a name I've heard for other cryptids. Let me look it up, actually. On it the, sounds on the fly. familiar, but I don't know if I'm just now playing into what you're saying. You know, Linda Godfrey. I kind of believe you for no good reason. I It feels like a name I've heard before. Um, it just says that uh, an author of I Know What I Saw, Modern Day Encounters with Monsters of New Urban Legend and Ancient Lore. That okay. sounds like more than the Beast of Prairie Road to me. Yeah, but I feel I, like she, it sounds like she's done more. I, I did. I did. While I'm looking her up, though, it just says that she's a journalist that investigates present day encounters with mysterious creatures of old. Oh, oh. I love but the that. Beast of Bray Road does seem to be like one of the main things coming up. So okay. maybe she's just been like um, uh, asked to comment on other monsters. Right. But the like beast this is, is her, her specialty. Thing. I also, for like the first half of these notes, thought Linda Godfrey was the same as Linda Ellerby from Nickelodeon. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> who would have been on the goddamn case I was gonna by say, the way also on the case so like you're not that far off linda ellerby i would trust her with my life if she came at me with a report <laughs> like this okay so may she rest in peace um Aww. she's she did die i think didn't she i have no she idea passed away i'm pretty sure uh i remember there was a bunch of nickelodeon people posting about it Aww. oh wait i do remember that uh right didn't she I, f- I feel like i do remember that but now i am I might be doing the thing again where i'm saying yeah i totally agree with you oh no apparently she's not dead now there's okay. a whole third person i'm thinking of <laughs> my mistake know. my mistake there's I just a whole third person that... for no good reason <laughs> this is the worst i'm so Why are we okay. so bad at podcasting someone nickelodeon i remember a bunch of nickelodeon writers whatever who cares okay i should know linda ellerby if you're listening this is not your level of reporting obviously sorry so and sorry we called you that. dead but you know, I hope you're doing great. <laughs> I hope you're doing. We can super only hope. Uh, okay, so moving on quickly before I sweat through my shirt because Linda Ellerby <sighs> has it may be I'm her enemy number one now. So embarrassing. Um, okay, so Linda Godfrey, she was a writer for the week, and she got a tip about a supposed werewolf sighting in the area, okay. and this was now like over a hundred years after. Um, the Beast of Bray Road has been seen. Wow. So she gets a she gets a tip about the supposed werewolf sighting. She got the tip from another writer who actually knew the witnesses but thought it was like a conflict of interest to report on it. Oh, I love that. That's very like a mature, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And also now I bet that person is kicking themselves because Linda Godfrey just really she blew her up. She blew up the spot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think the the other writer also was kind of afraid of some there being maybe some occult involvement with this werewolf sighting because this was during satanic panic. So I see, I see. So I think they were like, you take this Linda Godfrey slash Linda Ellerby slash whoever in the Nickelodeon world is no longer with us. (laughs) Somebody who might still be alive. (laughs) Um, So she ends up saying, okay, I'm going to do this. And the original tip that this freelance writer got was uh from high school students who allegedly saw the monster near bray road so bray road Ah. is i guess this random three mile stretch that runs through the woods and the fields um i don't think there's anything particularly assuming about this road um just happens to be the one that the monster lives on and which i understand if you're if you're a cryptid you would want kind of your own peace and quiet you don't want the hustle and bustle road you don't want main street usa it's you don't want main street usa but you do want our way costco accessibility so i feel like this really is like he's get it he gets it he gets the the 
priorities. In terms of location, 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 he gets mm, it. Yeah. He gets it. Yeah. Um, so after Linda learned that there was this tip from some high schoolers, she found out that a bunch of high schoolers openly swore that they had been seeing a werewolf. And then mm. even some adults were also chiming in being like, I've seen it too. Oh, man. Um, an example of this is that Linda spoke to a school bus driver whose daughter claimed to see a wolf-like creature near the road a few years ago. And when the bus driver ended up telling one of the students on her bus, um, the bus driver, the student also claimed to have seen it, just like the bus driver's daughter. So they also claim to hear howling at night. And before people say, oh, well, those are just probably actual wolves. (laughs) Um, These days in Wisconsin, there are several thousand wolves, thanks to a bunch of conservation efforts and things like that. But in 1991, there was less than 100 wolves. Oh, wow. So if you did hear howling, I guess there was a hundred opportunities for that, but nowhere near where you, what you would get today. Um, and after talking to even more witnesses, Linda learned that the local animal control actually had a whole report, like a whole file, um, of reports and, uh, alleged sightings. And the file was called werewolf. No, I love the idea that in some office there was like an actual manila, a folder that just said werewolf scribbled in handwriting. I like to imagine like on um like a bring your kid to work day, someone on on the force brought their kid in and was like, Don't show anyone at your school this yeah, style. Yeah, and then made yeah. him the coolest kid. Just of like, the coolest. My dad showed me a werewolf, the werewolf file. file. Yeah, exactly. So cool. So uh Animal Control also thought that like when questioned on it, like, do you really think this is a werewolf? Animal Control said it's probably an unusually large coyote that was leaping in the air and that mis- that had people mistaking it for its height. Sometimes um, I just am like, isn't that weirder than an actual uh like why is like this... why is it leaping through the air? Like, like yeah, why is it worried? leaping where it looks like it's on its hind legs and long enough for it to like stare you down and speak in tongues, you know? Like isn't that weirder than an, an actual cryptid just showing up? No, okay. I, I feel like they're at bo- they're both equally realistic to me. So like, yeah. I might as well just believe the other one. You might as well believe the magical one. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so they just think it's a, a large coyote that's somehow being mistaken as being as standing up when it's just jumping. Which, right. Uh, okay. So Linda saw so many testimonies through this, and when she ended up publishing her article, she thought it was just going to be like a fun story that would blow over quickly. Um, and, and instead, it blew up, and many more witnesses came forward. Um, one person said that they saw it on Bray Road at like one in the one a.m. and it had long pointed ears. It was hunched over and it was holding roadkill in its hands, <gasps> and that its hands had very large claws. Ew! But did it have hands? I guess it had hands. Instead it had of paws. Like, Got it. You know what? I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But, but I they gonna... said hands, right? They said hands and claws, which feels like an an attribute of paws. Maybe yeah, it was great point. Maybe it was mid morph the hands. Oh, I see. But also holding roadkill. I feel like if it had human hands and it was holding roadkill, that would scare me almost more. Terrifying. Because then I'd Way be like, more. why is there a human hunched over holding roadkill? Oh, just bad. All bad. I almost want it to be a werewolf. Yeah. Um she also this uh witness also said that the creature was five seven and around hundred and fifty pounds. I've never been able to look at someone and just gauge their weight. I think Me that's neither. such a such a talent. Um, and it stared apparently with eyes that reflect in the car lights. So you know how like oh. deer, like their eyes will glow when the your headlights yeah. are on them. I think that's called tapedum or something. Oh. Um, 
but it's it's the the quality in your eyes that reflect back on a light right um which also is, i guess is just another indicator that this thing is not human or at least wasn't in a human form yuck witnesses even said that they thought this creature might be demonic or satanic the woman who uh saw this thing holding roadkill said that she was not a believer in werewolves but she did believe that this thing could have been quote conjured up okay <laughs> absolutely not mm. another witness which this was conveniently uh coincidentally on halloween night uh felt her tire run something over when she was driving out on the road. And oh, so no. she got out to make sure that it wasn't an animal or something. And when she got out of her car, she saw a massive dog-like creature charging at her. Oh, super. And super she said duper. it had a huge hairy chest and it was much bigger than her. So I don't know, a, a grown woman, you know, much bigger <sighs> than her. Yikes. Um, she said it ran for her car and she could feel it grab onto the back of her vehicle <gasps> with its hand paws. <laughs> just creepy little fingers. Which like that feels very like almost like Hulk hands to me if you can grab yeah, a car. I can a barely paw, grab a car. Yeah, paw seems like it wouldn't be very successful at that. You've got to have the opposable thumbs. Exactly. Get a That's, good grip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's either half human or half raccoon. So we don't know. But it could be either. Both are scary and I don't like it. Both are scary. Um, anyway, she ended up driving off before it could do any more damage. But she did feel like grab onto her car, which I can't imagine being Mm-mm. a safe feeling. Um, she saw it after she was driving off. She saw it chasing her. Oh, no. On two legs and could hear its feet hitting the pavement while it was running after <gasps> her car. Ew. Uh, and she said no human could run like that. So Ooh. I simply hate it. She said it also had a huge, um, she said earlier, I said that she saw a huge hairy chest on it and she knew it was walking on two legs because she could see its chest the whole time. Oh, so, God. There's also a 13 year old witness who said a few years ago, uh, she was playing outside with friends near a cornfield and they all saw a wolf in the field staring at them then stand up on two legs, still staring at them. So very similar to what Mark had seen. Mm -hmm. They tried to run away, but it tried to chase them, and it chased them on all fours, doing impossibly large leaps. And then, because I guess, I hope it at least saw, like, oh, these kids, like, don't stand a chance with me. So maybe it had some sort of empathy for a moment. Because then, for seemingly no reason, it halts, U-turns, and runs back into the woods. Ooh so that's creepy that almost feels like it's like oh well i can't go further than this point or something like that oh yeah like it could be like a like a limitation thing i thought it was maybe more like it maybe it has its own kids out there and it like felt bad for like a baby i doubt that i don't know i i really i can't think of a reason but yours is a good one like maybe it can't get further than a certain border yeah i don't know um so after the article came out with all these testimonies in it thank you linda godfrey uh it caused a media storm and keep in mind the article that was written it was not like on the front page of this paper it was also like a local free newspaper so it's not like they needed it for a business reason right. like this wasn't a money scheme um so there there was no reason for it to blow up the way it did but it did and now tv stations radio shows and newspapers all across the country are coming to elkhorn for their own reports on the beast of bray road linda's like this is my story back off it's like nobody else wanted this. Like, this yeah. is all me. Um, well, 
I guess it made Linda look pretty darn good. So uh, these outlets, by the way, were so hungry for information that they were able to track down all of the locals and witnesses that Linda had used fake names for in the paper. <gasps> That's not very nice. That's not moral or ethical. It's I, not I, ethical for sure. I feel like I would, even if I wouldn't have thought, I don't know. I feel like if I'm going off of sources that, clearly either asked to have fake names or the reporter thought for their safety needed fake names. Yeah. I would just keep writing that vibe. I'd be like, okay, obviously yeah, we think fake names are important. So let's you're that. an ethical person, but yeah, I guess these people were not. So, I mean, whatever. Hey. Well, so much chaos ensued, uh, because like the a media storm had hit Elkhorn that people were starting to now accuse the paper and even locals of creating this elaborate hoax, I guess <gasps> to like, to boost tourism in the town or something but they they were they were just like this has to be fake this has to be a hoax and it was conjured up by other people so meanwhile there are some locals who are totally owning that oh now we're a town with a cryptid so they lean into this frenzy and they start selling like werewolf themed souvenirs and snacks and Uh things like that if you happen to live in elkhorn could you please let us know if there are still werewolf themed things because that's so fun that certainly ups my chances of going to Elkhorn by like a significant portion. Like I'm yeah. like, I want to uh, know. I mean, hopefully you're invited back. I know you did say some, you did say some kind things earlier. So hopefully they, you're still on their good side. You know, I did say some kind things. If you are Linda Ellerby, you do not agree with that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. Like someone I looked up to as a child. I hope that they're you're like grandkid R.I.P. <laughs> I really, I swear to God, I must have been a listicle of like people. Oh, you know what it was? I know what it, there was a listicle um, of Nickelodeon. It was l- people from Nickelodeon that like through the Mandela, Mandela effect you think are dead but aren't. Oh my God. So now you're just, it's now just perpetuating this. Oh boy. But it was like Kel from Keenan and Kel and like it was, and Linda Ellerby was on the list. I'm so Wait, sorry. Why did we think Kel was? See, I didn't think any of these people were dead. <gasps> you didn't hear the the theory growing up that Kel died. No. <gasps> oh, that one I was convinced of. That one I'm blew sorry. me away. I, I know, but I know that it's like me being me. But I just I don't believe in the Mandela effect. You know, I just that's don't. fine. But no, I really as like a kid, I just I I I went to a school where everyone thought Kel died. Oh, that's so sad. No, I did it's not. It's so think sad. That. But he, anyway, he's alive and well. well I'm glad just he's fine. alive. That's good news. <laughs> but no, that was like that was like a huge thing. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe. Like so young, we lost him so young. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Man. <laughs> anyway, okay, Linda Ellerby and Kel are doing just fine. I hope they're in a room somewhere, taking a, a shot super, of something. Super safe. Let's hope they're super safe. Um. Okay. So. Uh, yes, Elkhorn, get back to me on uh, if there is <laughs> whether, whether you're invited werewolf, back. Yeah. Werewolf themed <laughs> snacks. And if I'm not welcome back, please send them my way. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll accept that too. So, uh, as the so now there's like locals who are owning this. At the same time, there are locals who think that this is all a hoax. And now there's they're just like kind of in the spotlight. So, as the lore becomes more popular, um more sightings both past and current are rolling in where people are coming and saying i did see this thing or i just saw this thing of the stories one woman saw it and said that it had brown fur and that it was able to run on two legs across the road um uh and another a man said that they saw it running down the road but he said that it was alternating between running on four legs or two legs. And when it was on four legs, it looked like a bear because it was all hunched over. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Another sighting said that it tried to break into her barn and killed her horses with its claws, which <gasps> this is now the first uh, report of it being violent. Violent, yeah. That was the only report I, I saw of it being even violent. even with the roadkill, like you, well, if it was roadkill, then it was already dead. Right, right. Uh, also, we said earlier that it felt more menacing than other cryptids. Mm-hmm. So the fact that now we've got a report of it trying to do harm and also holding roadkill, which implies it had done harm. Yeah, scary stuff. And most sightings actually put the beast now at six to seven feet tall with <laughs> claws, fangs, and dark hair. Some people even said that the dark hair looked silver in the moonlight. Ooh, that sounds a little werewolfy to me. I don't know why, but... It feels um it feels like a like one of those like um young adults mm-hmm. like f- like romance stories like supernatural romance stories I mean like, it sounds like he, twilight yeah yeah it sounds like twilight <laughs> he was a werewolf but his hair shined in the moonlight yeah. well to be fair like edward literally glistened in you remember okay, like his see, skin that's where I'm literally picking it up. was like glittery so uh-huh yeah. uh so with all these alleged sightings please were asked to comment and they still say it was either a large coyote or wolf hybrid mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, and that's pretty much all they have about it. Although unfortunately, like this got really serious at some point where people thought they didn't know, they didn't think that the beast was a real true cryptid, but it was some sort of weird canine animal that people mm-hmm. were just not able to define. Yeah. And it led to animal control, having to euthanize an unusually <gasps> large and aggressive dog that they thought was the culprit. Oh, baby. So it's not just like a fun legend anymore. Like That's there was like terrible. It's like leaking into real life. Oh, mm-hmm. And I guess he was just really aggressive and big. And so they assumed this must be the thing charging at people and breaking barns. Oh, and so makes me mad. So that's the only story like that I, I've, I've seen. But, you know, it does exist. Um, and after the 90s, the sighting started to dwindle. But the beast became a popular local lore and um, even draws encrypted hunters. And many think that the beast is related to Bigfoot. Um, some cryptozoologists actually classify it as an alternate Bigfoot. Really? Mm-hmm. And they say that if you see the beast, it's an alternate Bigfoot sighting. Oh, um, good. Cool. This is because a lot of people in the cryptozoology world, they believe in Bigfoot, but for some reason they don't believe in werewolves. Um, oh, which I guess maybe the a Bigfoot is more believable that it's just like a large humanoid furry creature versus right. like a shapeshifter. And I feel like with the uh, werewolves that has like a very specific past that you can like point to mm-hmm. the stories developing and yeah, all that like the lore behind it. Yeah, so I guess a lot of people in that, that. in that world don't believe in werewolves, but they believe in Bigfoot, and they believe enough in the Beast of Bray Road that they needed to categorize it, so they kind of put it with Bigfoot. Interesting. Okay. Um, another theory about the Beast, which is less realistic, I don't know how very realistic the last thing I said was, but <laughs> um, a lot of people think that this could also be a hellhound uh, going after Wisconsin sinners, which I would like to now oh, what? call... <laughs> A Wisconsiner, Wisconsin. A Wisconsin. Wait, that did it mean sinners or did it mean Wisconsiner, Wisconsiner? It Wisconsin meant... sinners because it's a hellhound. Sinners. Oh, I see. Going after I mean, sinners of Wisconsin, I and think sin the, happens to be in the name. If they haven't made a minor league baseball team called the Wisconsin Sinners, they really <gasps> better get on it because that's pretty damn good. 
this is just like your thing earlier where I said something and then you got so excited. Okay, so they don't have a baseball team called the Wisconsiners, but they absolutely should. They should. Um, but there is a baseball team that was apparently, um, it's in Oakland. This is from forever ago. This is like far before we were ever born. But there was an old minor league team that used to be uh, sponsored by a casket company. <clears throat> and so they're called the Oakland Caskets. No. And Christine, when I tell you, I simply lost my mind. <gasps> the I'm sorry. That sounds like something we would invent. And then like our merch company would be like, I don't think anyone wants to buy that. I'm so surprised at this point we haven't come up with our own um, minor league like list, like roster of weird fucking teams. And they're all just cryptids. <gasps> I you know? love that. Actually, there is a team uh, called the Eugene Emeralds. Oh, no. Yeah, the Eugene Emeralds. But their logo is like Bigfoot. Oh, because of Oregon. I like Mm -hmm. that. But uh, no, there absolutely should be. So the Oakland caskets should come back and they should be on our end. That's why we drink roster. And so should the Wisconsin Sinners. Wisconsin Sinners. I like it. I Okay, so we've got our first two teams. Got it. Okay. I think the Shifters, obviously, the Hearst Shifters. Shifters. That's got to be one of them. We'll just make a roster and then we'll, you know. It's going to be like more teams than ever existed. It's going to be like 400 <laughs> teams because we cannot It'll stop be, we'll have to. We'll have to wrangle all of our tarot card makers and have them make a baseball card like list it's of all. So, base- oh, what a fun idea. Okay, now you have another project, folks. I know you just <laughs> finished this one. Okay, step one, the Wisconsin Sinners. Um, <laughs> then so bring good. Then call 1938, get the Oakland Casket Company back in tow. We fucking gotta- love it. What about the, Oak, uh, the sorry, the Loveland Frogmen? Oh the my Frog God. Man. Like, there's okay. so many options here. I am going to try to breathe through this because I'm <laughs> fully. I hope I'm, so. <laughs> the dopamine rush that just hit my brain was out of control. I officially will be hyperfixating on this later. I can't it will wait. be unnecessary, but in the middle of the night, I'm going to send you a list of like all the teams I've come up with. I'm going to need, we're going to have designs, drops. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good. We're going to have merch. <gasps> oh, man. Oh, my God. Okay. I, I can't really wait. can't. I. I think that's our next project for And That's Why We Drink. We just come up with a minor league baseball team. Okay, but we, I feel like we need to come up with a different word because minor league baseball is going to be like, this is, no, you can't sell merch (laughs) that says it's minor league baseball. (laughs) Minor, we'll figure it out. We'll shop it. We'll We'll, we'll work on it. Okay. Um, Wow. I'm, thank you for giving me a task later. Okay. You're so so welcome. It was not intentional, but here we are. Anyway, uh, fun fact of the day. Uh, <laughs> the hellhound theory is that the, these things are in the field going after sinners of Wisconsin, a.k.a. our baseball team, the Wisconsin Sinners. Love but it. the hellhound theory is obviously not very realistic, especially since the beast has never attacked anybody. Oh, it's, right. It's attacked a horse. So maybe that was like the biggest sinner of them all. Right. Um, and also there's no evidence of it ever dragging anyone to help. So I don't totally know how much the hellhound theory tracks. Um, Plus, it's a there's an idea, though. It's a very the Hellhounds that could be its own team. I mean, oh, it's good. Okay, Satan will sponsor that one for sure. Okay, okay. great. <laughs> think of the merch for the. I can't even think. They would literally run onto the field in a ring of fire or something. I'm okay. 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 Calm the fuck down, Em. <sighs> okay. Plus, there were reports that the beast, uh, even though he was seen with roadkill, and then it then became like implied that he was attacking like deer in the woods. Um, right. Neither of those things are att- are linked to hellhounds. So, oh, sure. But 
it is still sometimes considered demonic just based on the way that it stares at witnesses as if it had human intelligence. Plus, Mark, uh, back in the day, Ugh. he swore it had garbled speech talking Ew, to him. Ooh, give me uh, goose cam. It still feels paranormal in some way. Yeah. And religious people in the area have even feared that it has been summoned uh, and is now here to stay but it came here in some sort of occult ritual which again this was during satanic panic so yeah. very easy for that to become part of the lore yeah but blame the teenagers um, blame the teens especially since they're the ones who claimed the first sightings they were the tip remember oh yep it, but um others have held firm that it had to be an unusually large coyote or a rare wolf and sightings have since nearly completely faded out and uh that's that's all I got for you on the Beast of Bray Road. To be fair, that happened in the 1800s and 100 years later mm-hmm. came back. So, you know, keep your eye out, folks. Maybe it's like Jeepers Creepers. So in Jeepers Creepers, it's like every 28 years or something, Ugh. it comes back. So Why? maybe every 100 days, it, you know, maybe we'll we'll find out in 100 uh, in, a, in 100 years or something that uh, the Beast of Bray Road has returned. Ugh, yeah, let us know, folks, if he's back. The end. I'll be in my Oakland <laughs> casket by that point. Oh, wow. So cool. <laughs> stupid. So stupid. Oh, boy, Em. What a tale. That one creeped me out a bit. I got to say, I don't know why, but I feel like the dog ones scare me. Like the dog cryptids, which I think make sense. I don't know. I feel like there's something about dogs because to me, I immediately assume a dog is so sweet and cuddly. And now all yeah. of a sudden, it's like, oh, the last thing you shouldn't snuggle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay away. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? Maybe your child is too shy to ask questions in front of the entire class, but they can get extra help and positive feedback with IXL Learning. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. This program will improve your kids' grades. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. From studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. And one subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make, and a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Additionally, IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And and that's why we drink listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash drink. Visit IXL.com slash drink to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind, especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, 
How could you go wrong? We have loved stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. Um, all right, Em. Are you ready for my tale? Yeah, I love your tail. Aw, thank tails. you. Tails, not your, like, tailbone. My I don't humanoid know. tail that, uh... <laughs> we never can... did get any, um... Any clarity on whether or not the Beast of Bray Roan had a tail? Yeah. Great that, point. We don't know. Wolves have tails. Maybe it had a butt curtain. It could have had a butt curtain, and that would have uh, honestly been dangerous, because I think then we would have approached it. And you would have heard been... it in the night swishing in the, whoosh, through whoosh, the fields. Whoosh. It would have gotten all those like leaves stuck in it like Geo's does. Oh, my gosh. All the oh little stickers. Gosh. So annoying. Mm. Um, okay. I have a cold case for you today. Speaking of tails. Ooh, so a mystery. It is a mystery, sort of, not really, but uh, sort of. Mm. You'll see. Um, Let's just say it's kind of a, it's a, hmm, uh, well, I don't want to give it away. It's a cold case. It's a cold case. Uh, So this is the cold case of Athalia Poncel Lindsley. Okay. She was born July 25th in 1917. So this is, um, starts a little earlier than most of my stories. 1917? Yes. Wow. Okay. I know. Over a hundred years ago. And she was born as Athalia Fetter to Charles and Margarita Fetter. She was Mm. born into generational wealth and she spent her early childhood on the Isle of Pines, which is a Caribbean island in the West Indies, uh, where roughly 2,000 U.S. citizens made their homes at the time. Uh, So the reason she was there is because her parents were active in politics, and when Cuba moved to claim the Isle of Pines, Athalia's mother uh, traveled to D.C. to try to defend a U.S. claim to the island. Yikes. Uh, The U.S. settlers on the island controlled nearly 95% of the land there and had lobbied for years to annex the island into the United States but were unsuccessful. And so this was kind of her parents' like mission at the time. Uh, To quote one author on the history of the Isle, in the early part of the century, U.S. nationals arrived on the Isle as colonizers. By mid-century, they were humbled economically and politically. So they tried to, like, make this theirs, basically, and Mm. failed uh, pretty spectacularly. And so uh, the Isle of Pines ended up going to Cuban sovereignty and ultimately became the Isle of Youth, which is what it is called now. Okay. Um, and so after this kind of colossal failure at trying to annex this island for themselves, uh, Athalia's family became disillusioned with the island and they moved to Jacksonville, Florida, which okay, classic <laughs> America. So you know what? <laughs> if you want to be American, just go Sure. Go live in America. Okay. <laughs> so that's what they did. They moved to Jacksonville, Florida. And for a couple of years, she and her sister, whose name was Geraldine, went to school in St. Augustine as well. But their uh, main base 
like their home base was Jacksonville. So they were kind of going in between Jacksonville and St. Augustine. At 18, at a youthful 18, Athalia married her first husband, um, but it was a short marriage. Uh, the relationship ended. And after that, she moved to New York City with her sister, Geraldine. And there they lived together and began to climb the social ladder together. Athalia was considered a great beauty of her time. Uh, she kickstarted her career as a model, an actress, a Broadway chorus line dancer, and Whoa. a socialite. So, you know. Wow. What a hit all, all the top <laughs> hot spots. I know. What a resume. Jeez. Well, there's more because she also is a published author. Uh, she wrote <gasps> a book about gardening. Oh, that's a that okay. Good for her. Uh, good for her. And in one in one uh, source, it said that she had patented a household device. And I was like, "That's not enough. I got to yeah, figure out. What, I, I got to figure out what it is." That's like when I heard about the history of celery. I was like, "Well, yeah, I exactly. certainly Don't have stop to know. there." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, of course, was like reading this paper, and I was like, "Where the f is the information about this?" household device so of course i went on just like the stupidest goose chase ever um i found the patent application online um, <laughs> of course it's been scanned in <laughs> i feel oh you didn't have to, i feel like you didn't have to tell me it was scanned in i feel like even if it was like locked away in a vault on the other side of the country you would have been like anyway i found so it like here it is yeah <laughs> don't tell anyone <laughs> um so i found the patent application it was from 1951 Basically, what it was was like a handle grip for steel wool to help you clean pots and pans. Oh, smart. Yeah, it is smart. I mean, picture like those, you know, those toilet scrubbers where it's like a handle and you click it into the Clorox thing. Yeah. It's sort of like that, but you click it into steel wool and you can clean your pots. And then it said you press a button and like the steel, you like eject the cleaning before her time fabric or whatever yeah it was pretty impressive there were like all these drawings and stuff and um so you know kind of random because she was you know doing a lot of other stuff but you know why not um and meanwhile she was mingling with high society uh she kept company with the wealthy elite aka politicians and celebrities she even dated a kennedy Ooh, and I you know, know that kennedys have been in on the steel wool handle for quite some time now <laughs> yeah what a what an hbo drama that would have made uh, yeah. <laughs> the story of athalia and her the kennedys stealing her patent um so she <laughs> It's so stupid. I said that out loud and I was like, I just got kicked out of the pitch meeting. It seemed cool for a minute and then I started to explain it. It just lost any sort of narrative cohesion. Okay. So anyway, she dated Kennedy, was even rumored to be engaged to him, but unfortunately he died in World War II. And uh, like her mother, who we remember wasn't exactly on the right side of history, so to speak, as far as trying to annex, you know, someone else's land for her own. Yep. <laughs> uh, she also got involved in politics. So she grew up to be a pretty politically active conservative. She was very outgoing. Um, she was the kind of woman who spoke her mind and uh, her confidence, I imagine, especially for the time, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, she was considered to be abrasive, much like her patented steel wool contraption, oh, I imagine. Oh, nice wording there. Okay. <laughs> the journalism degree is popping out right now. Hey, what are you, Linda Ellerby? <laughs> May she rest in peace. <laughs> at least at least I'm ethical. I'm not going to go finding all those. Well, I probably will go finding all those secret sources, but I'm not going to publish them. I, I just want to know say. for my own personal information. <laughs> Um, so her confidence, uh, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. She was considered to be abrasive, overly confident, even rude sometimes. But again, we have to look at that in the light of like, 
you know, this was the 50s and 60s. Or right. Even she earlier. could have been the loveliest person. And... Yeah. And I don't, yeah. I, I will say, I don't think she was the loveliest person, but uh, I, I sure. think, uh, I think it probably got even more flack than, than it would now to be outgoing and rude and whatever as a woman. You sure. Know? I, I feel like uh, we've all been triggered in some way to like, oh, well, she's a bitch. It's like, um, or mm. she was just talking like anyone else any man who is bossy and it's like oh okay sorry i said something out loud exactly yeah Yeah. like is a a woman who stood up for herself is yeah all of a sudden evil yeah okay so it it could be that i think i think she did make some enemies being you know politically active and that kind of thing um and you will definitely see she was (sighs) she had a lot of enemies Okay, let's just uh, let's just okay. leave it at that. Mm. Okay, got it. So, Athalia's friend Nancy Powell uh, described her uh, saying, "A lot of people disliked her. She was obnoxious. I didn't find her that way, but other people did." And I love the the thought there that it's like other people found or no, it's like she was obnoxious. Well, no, don't tell her I said that. Other people say that, <laughs> not me. I didn't say that. Like that. Other people saw. It. I don't think she's obnoxious. Wow, yeah. everyone's like so nervous. Like. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I guess she was considered obnoxious and kind of rude. Um, and she enjoyed her time, which, by the way, is anybody's prerogative. Like, if you're rude or abrasive, you know, it's not, like, illegal to be rude or abrasive. And it's not, I don't know. I, yeah, you're totally right. Like, I just feel like it doesn't necessarily give us the most insight into who she actually was because you could be called rude and maybe you were just well, I mean, she could have just had re- resting bitch face you know yeah, something like, like that exactly <laughs> she could have just been like having a great fucking time in her head but she just looked mean so yeah who knows yeah you never know it, she's having a great fucking time in her head yeah i mean <laughs> for her I sake mean, i hope she was is that not like the plight of many introverts like you're oh just yeah having a blast but everyone's like oh my god you're so intimidating it's like my I high school boyfriend was like i never talked to you because i thought I thought you were just like mad all the time. I was like, what? It's like, <laughs> Why? but I'm having a party up here. We're having a good I'm time. I'm having an excellent time up in this noggin. <laughs> so anyway, Athalia enjoyed her time as a New York socialite, but she eventually moved back to Florida because her mother was a widow and was ailing health wise. So she wanted mm-hmm. to take care of her. And um, sometime during this kind of span of years, she married her second husband who was a Florida realtor and they also got divorced and then in 1972, we're fast forwarding to 1972, Athalia bought a mansion in St. Augustine, Florida on 124 Marine Street. And she Ooh. moved in there with her mother. And like I said, her mother was kind of sickly. And so she spent her time caring for her elderly mother and caring for a number of animals that she kept at the house as well. Uh, in early 1973, her mother passed away, and she married a guy named James Jinx Lindsley that fall. Oh, that's so weird. I literally yesterday read an obituary about someone who went by Jinx. No way. Is that so weird? That is weird, because I was just thinking, like, is that not the most, like, rich dude I just feel like it's such a rich white dude thing to have, like, or or rich, rich white person thing to have, like, an, a nickname that's... Like Bunny or like Jinx or like oh yeah uh, well no it was Jinx was like married to someone named Till yeah it's like always short like for Tillman I was like oh bizarro my God. names like uh, I knew a pants pants um, a pants yeah and a jo- oh and pants was married to Jock like they just all had these wild names what is Bunny. going on I, I don't me- know I knew a meatball in college I, that was <laughs> that's what I knew I that don't know is about- elite talk about 
elite names. Pants. That's the, that's just about the most like non-binary bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Her <laughs> name was Pants. She was uh, something else. Um, cool. But yeah, I just feel like that's such a like at least maybe in my experience such a cliche that like I don't know country club people have like stupid nicknames like Jock or uh, Jinx or Pants. I like <laughs> how you bunny. go to you go to uh, wealthy people and I go to like oh like trans people who are changing their name but it's always like the most obscure oh yeah i mean in that random case, name sure but in 1973 in wealthy elite florida i don't think that was the case but fair enough i'm glad fair that enough. we're we're taking that um habit and like changing it for the better you know we're taking I, yeah. it back i met i uh, matched with someone on bumble bff the other day whose name was shoe and i was like oh my god so I, bet <laughs> I feel like shoe and pants would have a great time together no because no Oh. Not the pants I know, anyway. Um, unless, yeah, unless she was like also like a capitalist or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, pants definitely was not the kind who was going to be, uh, you know, on our team. No, certainly not. Um, okay. R.I.P. By the way, she did die. Um, oh, okay. Oops. So anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get back to this most chaotic episode we've pants ever done. Pants said something rude to me once, and I will never forget it. So what, was it about your pants? No, it was about she didn't think i was cute enough to date to date somebody and i was like not <gasps> very nice so i've just i, w- I would have looked at her na- and been like your name is fucking pants. i think i did and i think that's why we never got along um <laughs> but like why i wish why? she had a rival or an evil twin named blouse you know, or something like <laughs> shorts <laughs> skort skort <laughs> <laughs> score is really good. I'm score. Uh, that's good. Um, because that every- almost sounds like a name like court, like score. I uh-huh. don't know. That's pretty well, good. Well, everyone who was listening has been like, you've said pants way too many fucking times. <laughs> so I can't take this anymore. So I, but moving haven't on. you heard like the preppy nicknames like No. Like, I went to private school, but apparently not like bunny that private. and shit like that. I've heard of bunny. I've heard of bunny. But I really am having a hard time. Sh- oh, the clothing, uh, pay- where what's it short for? Oh, that I don't know. That one was a weird one. Like I don't think that that's um I don't think that that's a normal one. But I, I just do feel bunny. Like, I I feel like I don't know. Like, what a life you led. The, I don't the, know. Uh, clearly, it's not very exciting. But they, they you do know. sound like country club people. They have to be right. Like yeah. to have these just off off the wall names. Um. Did everyone oh, like that tangent? Anyway, back to Jinx. <laughs> anyway, like Gigi. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like examples. Muffy. Muffy. Like these, yeah. I feel like. I knew you were Muffy. A sissy. Uh, I'm just now I'm just reading this. Fascinating. Fascinating. Oh, what, what did you Google? Uh, townandcountrymag.com. Um, I Googled the preppiest nicknames. Oh, um, Muffy is certainly one. Chip. Just like words that are like not real names. No offense. I mean, Chip is a name, but you know, ones where it's like, oh, Topper. I knew a Topper. It's like, what are you doing? Topper. Where the fuck are these names? I'm telling you. Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. So there's truly, truly confuses me. So unnecessary conversation, but she did marry a guy named Jinx, which I just was like, of course she did. Um, And (laughs) of course, Jinx was a humongous asshole. So again, I'm probably biased towards people with these nicknames. But just so you know, uh, she married this guy named Jinx, and uh, they were both realtors. He was also a realtor, so they kind of combined their romantic life and career lives. Um, unfortunately, Jinx, like I said, was a shitty person. Uh, he had apparently physically abused his first wife, Lillian, who ultimately, this is just 
uh, horrifically tragic, died when she broke her neck in a car crash on New Year's Eve. Holy shit. And Jinx was driving the car at the <gasps> time. And so I don't know, oh, you know, anything more than that. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Again, he was like a very abusive man. So I don't know oh, what okay. if there was alcohol. I don't know. Was it New Year's Eve? I don't know the details, um, but we do know that he was physically abusive toward her. And then she unfortunately died in a horrible car car wreck. Uh, very mm. tragic. Um, but Athalia considered Jinx uh, a sort of a strategic ally. Uh, she was having a really hard time fitting into the social classes of St. Augustine. Mm -hmm. And even though she had money and grew up in Jacksonville, uh, for some reason, she was still an outsider because she was not from St. Augustine. And uh, people just were not having it with her. They were like, you're not really welcome here into our elite circles. Okay. So the in crowd of St. Augustine was mostly, was pretty much all people born there, especially if their parents were also born there. So it was mm -hmm. sort of like a legacy thing. Sure. Um, people disapproved of her years having lived in New York City, and she was called a Yankee to accuse her of her crime of living in the north i guess um even though <laughs> How she was dare only, she? i know i know and so she'd only been there for you know a few years and she grew up in the south but still it just what it was her time in new york people were like no you, to give no. you a taste of old fredericksburg which is not a place i like to be but we have a a, a hot dog bar that has uh lasted a long time in Fredericksburg and they are very proud of the old way of doing things. If you know what I mean? And they have one bartender there who they've accepted into the family, despite uh -oh. them having to nickname her Yankee Sue <laughs> because she's from New York. Oh, and I, which by the way, like Florida and New York's one thing, but like Virginia, it's not that far, is it? I mean, it's far, I know. but it's like, but also I've gone into that bar and like, they have like, I've heard them be like, oh, I remember back when the pool hall like didn't allow women. And I'm like, you say that like you miss it. So I'm yeah, going to yeah. backwards step out of this place, yeah, please. This probably isn't the place for me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I feel for a, your your poor sweet Yankee character in the story. So yeah. Yeah. She's struggling. She was really struggling. Um, but when she married Jinx, she was happy because Jinx had been born and raised in St. Augustine. So, and his family owned prominent historical real estate. And so she saw this as kind of, she saw her marriage to him as kind of a foot in the door to this new social life that she was trying to get into. Um, she really wanted to run for county and state political offices. And so she was like really pushing to get into the in crowd, which I almost feel like makes you less likely to get into the in crowd do you yeah. know what i mean like she's yeah, trying like you're like you're trying too hard she's maybe. trying really hard and i feel like people who already don't like you are probably not gonna like you more if you're trying to get into their circle especially if like they come from circles of privilege where like they probably never had to try hard and so i feel like their their way of putting an effort would look a lot different than her way of putting an well, effort. Well, no, she and came so... from massive amounts of wealth. Like she but was. Then really... she come from not from the area. Oh, just from a different town. Yeah, but she oh, like okay. from Jacksonville. But she um, did come from you know wealthy white political folks. But I feel like if she's, I guess so. Yeah, I guess if she's still already an outcast by not having grown up in a spot where everyone has like a legacy of being born mm -hmm. and raised there, I feel like 
to even put yourself in an organization or to join a group is like mm-hmm. more than most people have had to do than like just being welcomed. Oh, to just like people to, right, know you. to be automatically in. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a good point. So I feel yeah. like for them, they're like, oh, you're trying so hard by just asking to join when like, like we've wanting just... to be part of our group. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that makes that does make a lot of sense. And so she thought like, oh, well, I'm going to marry Jinx and like he's my, you know, um, he's my foot in the door, whatever. Um, and he actually had a house on uh, Anastasia Island, which sounds mm. fancy. And uh, while they were married, uh, he spent most of his time on Anastasia Island in his house. And she spent most of her time in her uh, mansion on Marine Street. And there she had six, at least, it's six plus dogs. Uh, <laughs> Was she the queen? Is <laughs> she me? <laughs> uh, an injured bird that she was rehabilitating. Aww. And other pets. And to friends and family during this time, she seemed, quote, run down, exhausted, and worryingly thin. Mm. Uh, she struck some neighbors as anxious, always worried. Some even speculated she may have been suffering from undiagnosed cervical or uterine cancer based on just some of mm. the reports that her sister later gave, which about her symptoms and the way sure. she was feeling. Um, and before her mother had passed, she was caring for her pretty much 24 seven. And that meant she rarely left their house on Marine Street. And I'm just going to rewind a little bit to tell you like just how ridiculously hard it was for her to try and fit in into this area okay so she moved in in the 70s but back in the 1950s uh years before her arrival there was this woman who comes back into the story in the worst way so just keep her in mind her name is francis bemis and she tried which is the wildest thing ever to run a committee dedicated to making the neighborhood more neighborly okay she basically was like People here are not friendly, so I'm going to start a committee to make people get along. (laughs) Okay. So far, I'm on board with the sentiment. Yeah. And she was actually a civil rights activist as well, and she believed in the value of community. So she just really wanted this place to be warmer, friendlier, more hospitable. Um, And she said, too many people go elsewhere after trying us out. So she's Mm. like, we're like rejecting people from being part of this awesome community was like her... I feel like she's one of those people. Okay. I don't know. I just watched Gilmore Girls for the first time. So I'm way behind. But you know how, um, (laughs) uh, what's his name? Taylor Dosey is always like, Stars Hollow is the best. We have the best community. And just like kind of trying to, I feel like that was, that was uh, this woman. She's like, yeah, everyone loves it here. And everyone's like, calm down, you know? (laughs) Okay, Francis. Um, Okay, Francis. Yeah, we get it. And so people were literally like chasing new residents away with their unfriendliness like that's how hard this was for people to fit in and so francis tried what a valiant effort because of course it was another colossal failure and uh she had that was that was her origin story into her villain origin story yeah no she's not she's not a villain okay i wish she were a villain maybe it would have been a happier ending but unfortunately um she gave up the ghost on this endeavor she was like you know what Nobody else wants to be friendly except me. So I guess I'll keep to myself. And so then when Athalia and her mother Margarita moved in, no one welcomed them because Mm. Francis's plans had not worked out for this Mm -hmm. committee that she started. So pretty much immediately, everybody hated Athalia. So they didn't like her mother either. They said her dogs barked too much. They didn't like her bird, which is like, ouch. 
why would <laughs> you not like her bird, bird? You? yeah exactly it's like an injured bird we'll leave it out of it you know yeah, what a what a particular twist of the knife of like you suck you're too friendly also your bird is stupid so like, i hate your bird it's it's too low it's like a low blow yeah it's yeah. it's too far um and so they they didn't like the dogs they didn't like the birds in 1972 some neighbors even filed a public complaint about the noisy dogs and she was fined 50 dollars for disturbing the peace which today is about 350 bucks um she apparently cut back a pecan tree on her property and her neighbors freaked the f out um she planted a bamboo fence and her neighbors had it removed by the city which is like the most passive aggressive thing i've ever heard (laughs) i mean they just like nothing she did was was good enough or was right you know um and and yes it is possible that like her pets were barking nonstop and they were annoying whatever but the street where they lived this marine street it wasn't like it was some quiet docile street like this was already a very bustling loud neighborhood there was traffic there was a hospital nearby so there were sirens all the time it's not like it was a very peaceful place until she moved in they just didn't like her and they said your dogs are too loud uh, okay. basically at the end of the day her only like flaw was that she was an outsider and they just did not fucking like her so unfortunately this didn't die down over time there was sort of this quiet resentment between her and her neighbors that just began to simmer under the surface and then pretty soon boil over into an outright feud so yeah it gets out of control very quickly so athalia relented to her neighbors she put several of her dogs into boarding But, of course, this was not enough for the neighbors because days before her mother's death in April of 1973, Athalia's neighbor, Rosemary McCormick, lobbied to have Athalia arrested. (laughs) And, like, keep in mind, she's caring for her mother 24-7, who's very sick and is days away from death. And her neighbor's like, I'm going to get you arrested. Yeah, for what? What was the the dogs or for some bullshit for the fence or, you know, it wasn't even anything like real. It was just like some bullshit. Um. And so another neighbor around this time, Patty Stanford, who also comes back to play, Patty wrote a long letter to the local judge complaining about the failure and wrote, I feel like I'm in the middle of a nightmare. And it's like, <laughs> calm down, Patty. God, what Get a I just, hobby. So she was a Karen. Oh, yeah. They were all Karens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just yeah. seems like a neighborhood of Karens. Exactly. Ex- that's the best way to put it. Um, and meanwhile, like I said, Athalia's mother passed away. And of course, nobody gave a shit. Nobody expressed any sympathies toward her. Nobody cared. Um, Rosemary and Patty, the ones who wrote the letter to the judge and tried to get her arrested, took issue with literally everything about Athalia down to keeping her porch light on at night, which they said shined obtrusively into their bedroom windows. Close your damn curtains. Um, (laughs) like, I guess like what torture for this poor girl, but also like what a nightmare person, what a nightmare that this all is. It's just like. Oh, God, it sounds like hell. No wonder people moved out all yeah. the time. Like, I'm, you can't even, this. Like, like, the sun is in your eyes and that's someone else's problem. Like, you, you can't even, you can't even, like, live peacefully by yourself because people yeah. are, like, trying to get you arrested for owning a bird with a broken wing. Okay. I can't imagine. Just <sighs> what, what a terrible, terrible town. Yeah, it is. It sounds like a nightmare. Um, And so once her mother passed away and this was no longer like her 24-7 responsibility, Athalia, who, by the way, remember, was considered abrasive and rude, et cetera, in New York, decided it was time. What? Oh, I thought she was going to get like arrested for being abrasive. Oh, no. She was like, okay, 
I've done caring for my mother. She's passed away. So I guess my new hobby is that I'm going to fight back against all my neighbors. <gasps> Ooh, <laughs> I know. So basically okay. she, the only reason that she was like not doing anything before was that she, her mother was such a huge responsibility for her with all the dogs and the pets. Right. And she was like, you know, overworked. Uh, and so once her mother passed away, uh, she was like, okay, I've got some time on my hands. I'm going to fight back. I love it. I know. So the first thing she did was remember Patty who wrote the letter to the judge. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Patty was Patty Stanford was married to a man named Alan Stanford. And uh, the first thing that Athelia did was to start digging up dirt on Patty's husband, Alan Stanford. Oh, <laughs> I hope she had Christine skills. Unfortunately, she did. I wish I sort of wish for her sake she didn't. But anyway, uh, she alleged that Alan Stanford was using county funds and resources for his own personal projects. Um, it, he either fired pretty much all of his employees or they quit. In fact, the turnover rate under his supervision was 155% turnover rate. Um, that's how many people were either quitting or getting fired. Jesus. Um, some employees even organized to complain about working seven days a week without any overtime compensation. Oh. And Athalia questioned his management of county roads, criticized the conditions of county projects he was responsible for. And um, it turns out he she did some digging and found out that he was lacking the personal, I'm sorry, the professional certifications required for his job as county engineer. Um, so one of the requirements demanded that anyone in Alan's role be a certified engineer, but Alan had failed his engineer certification, but was given mm. the job anyway. So honestly, fucking good for her. Like, yeah, you're going to poke yeah. a bear long enough. And now that she's like, not like she was just sitting there in wait and in wait had other things mother. going on yeah and now that she's got free time how dare anyone try to have the nerve that karma is gonna kick your ass yeah like what do you think's gonna happen exactly yeah. you're trying she's to get like, this woman arrested like well game time's over like yeah. time's over time oh to, like, you want to you want to play it. exactly and so she fucking steps up and she finds all this shit out and she finds out also that he made thousands more in his two years on the job than anyone else in the county mm. he had like these friends in high places who were defending his employment and his salary but because she had unearthed all of this there was an investigation into alan's competence and spending and there were a few people who were not against athalia for example her husband jinx he held local power on the city commission um and so some people did support her in this endeavor and said okay yeah you're pointing out some pretty decent uh you know things here we should we should do an investigation um nothing really came of the complaints much like anytime somebody in power has enough people to swing for them you know they get called out and he still sure. maintained his job and salary um unfortunately alan could not let it go he fucking hated her like you thought patty and rosemary hated her well Alan is now in first place because I was going to say like prime suspect number one for the end of the story. Ding, ding, ding. One day, Athalia was waving goodbye to friends visiting from Jacksonville when Alan pulled over in his car and said to Athalia, you're a vicious, evil woman. And one day I'm going to fix you. Oh, shit. That's so scary. Is that not the scariest sentence? Fix like, you. I'm, I'm going to kill you is one thing. For some reason, saying I'm going to fix you is... Like it so implies much, it implies a breaking or like torture. harm yeah if yeah. like like harm which like obviously killing also implies that well, but sure. like this is but this is like a i'm gonna make you hurt and you're gonna live to see through it yeah like, something like that it just sounds something. so much more ominous than i'm gonna kill you you know it's like a it's like i'm, I'm gonna fix to me also has the same impl implication of like i'm you're going 
I'm going to correct you or mm-hmm. I'm going to, mm-hmm. oh, I hate it. Wow. I hate it so much. What a, I also what a, feel like pr- speaking to a woman, it's like, I'm going to fix you and like put you in your place. It sounds like, I also think of like fixing an animal, which is like, yikes. Mm. I don't know. It just all sounds, there's just so many bad connotations it, with it that word. It can't be good. It can't no, be good. No, definitely not. And so Athalia told her sister Geraldine that she thought Alan might actually try to kill her. And I don't think this was a woman, again, who's like easily scared. Uh, you know, she's been through a lot of hell with these people. But she told Geraldine, like, I don't know, this guy it's rings true to me that he might yeah. actually kill me or harm he f- me. He found a new way to say it that is yes. sticking with me. That somehow <laughs> also through. Th- also to say fix, and impl- there's like more of a mystery because like with killing, it's like there's only so many ways I can think yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like yep. fixing you know is the like, end result. Yeah. Yeah, fixing is like, what is your plan? I'm fuck? so scared. It's yeah. so dark. So in a city chamber meeting where Athalia made complaints about Alan's professional performance, the board chairman, of course, his name was Herbie Wiles. Am I am I like, hello, I told you fully loaded Herbie fully loaded Wiles said, I want to remind you that I am aware that you are a neighbor of the Stanford's and that y'all have had neighbor problems. And he accused her of bringing her personal problems into a professional forum. And right, because she's the abrasive one. Yeah, because she's the problem He can here. say, he can threaten her, but she's the abrasive one. Exactly, exactly. So she said, I sure am. That's true. My life has been threatened too, I'll tell you. You mentioned personal things. He threatened my life. And Alan mm-hmm. was outraged and said, I would never do that. I never said anything to this woman. So he denies all of it. And she goes on to accuse him of sabotaging her car by pouring sugar in the gas tank. Uh, what i know and her husband jinx thought that alan agreed with her and said i i believe her and i think alan did do this but we don't know because alan got away with it either way if he if he did do it if not i don't know maybe she was just having car trouble we're not sure but uh (laughs) she was convinced he had uh messed with her car wouldn't surprise me um and he denied 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 but athelia kept at it So Wednesday, January 23rd, 1974, two investigators from the Florida State Board representing the Department of Professional and Occupational Regulations showed up to Allen's office and they said, you know what, we're pretty sure you're violating more than one state statute. And in their interview with him, Allen seemed cool and collected, allegedly. He -hmm. told them that Athalia was just trying to sabotage him over these silly neighborly disputes Uh, And they assured him they were just investigating according to code and don't worry, we're going to interview Athalia tomorrow and get her side of things. And then we will kind of make our decision as to Mm. what happens next. (sighs) What? Let's call that the tipping point because that evening investigators drove past Athalia's home on Marine Street just to uh, confirm her residence because they had this interview with her tomorrow. So they drove past her house. They reported the street was quiet. And only hours later, Athalia would be brutally murdered at her Mm -hmm. Marine Street home. So it was about 5.50 p.m. One of Athalia's neighbors was sitting on his porch when a man in a white Volkswagen pulled over and said, call an ambulance and the police department. A woman has fallen out of a window. There's blood all over the place. Okay. Moments later, Patty Stanford heard Rosemary outside screaming. (sighs) Athalia was lying in front of her house with one shoe missing, her pearl necklace scattered everywhere, wearing a blue dress, and someone had nearly decapitated her. (gasps) Holy shit. Yeah, I was, I'm glad I 
bit my tongue, but when you said fell out of a window, I was like, no, that was not a fall. I Mm-mm. feel like Batgirl got pushed and, okay, nearly decapitated is, wow, quite mm-hmm. graphic. Wow. Mm-hmm. It is. It's 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 horrible. Um, her head was barely attached at the neck, um, and oh. there was an unbelievable amount of blood. She had <gasps> defensive wounds on her hands and arms, clearly has been violently murdered. Uh, neighbors gathered in horror and shock several people called the police and an ambulance which arrived in minutes from the nearby hospital and of course this turned into a total circus Uh, dozens of people gathered to see what had happened and many reported regretting looking because of the gruesome nature of it I mean I can't imagine like you can't unsee something you know no no. once you look like you looked have you ever Uh, seen a dead body I have yes I feel like it stays with you. I just watched someone die in the airport. Was I telling you that? Oh, I was telling Eva that. It was horrible. What? I don't know. I hadn't. Sl- I didn't sleep for like days. It was horrible. Are, I think he, I think you he had saw a heart someone attack. actually. <gasps> yeah. Did you watch it happen? Yeah, it was horrible. Oh my I like God. didn't know what to do. I mean, they were doing CPR and stuff and got the defibrillator out, but it was like right in front of my gate. And I was like just standing there like in shock. And I just, I didn't know what to do. I just, like, I just, I don't know. I couldn't, like, go anywhere because my plane was about to board. Um, and I guess the defibrillator thing, like, talks, like, to tell you when to, like, do it. It was horrible. And then oh they had God. to, like, take him out. Wow. Yeah, it this was one really of those things. So Sorry, oh I couldn't sleep for, like, days. This was a few weeks ago. I c- it was in the Atlanta airport during, like, a layover, and I couldn't sleep for days. And I kept being like, why can't I sleep? And then every time I closed my eyes, I would, like, see the fucking because i'd take his shirt off to like do the defibrillator and it was just horrible anyway um you're like why can't i sleep and you literally watched a man die hi i and then i i kept being like blaze was like why can't you sleep i was like every time i close my eyes i see that dude in the airport and he's like well duh hello i was like oh Oh my god anyway i mean i did not know somebody didn't you see somebody die on the way to my house once yeah (sighs) it's horrible oof yeah that was it was I that's what I was referring to because that was the time I saw some but I I remember thinking like oh they're dead and like not knowing what to do I and remember like, like what do you do you know it's like I'm like I just kept I just felt like I was in the way I was like you know I yeah to, I felt like, like I was in the way I was like okay the, the police are are here and I, yeah. I should probably move away horrible oh yeah I don't I, you don't know what to do when especially when it's I mean thank god I I you know it wasn't someone I personally have an attachment to so i was i was able to step away but like either it's someone you know and you're absolutely fucking traumatized or Mm -hmm. it's someone you don't know and you're like well as a human being what's my next sure i have no clue it's not like uh something that that goes lightly across your subconscious like i imagine i imagine this especially being so violent and barbaric is like must just be yeah. Especially, I mean, there were like you know, families there. You don't know if kids saw it. I mean, it's just horrible. It's horrible. Oof. Yeah. Um, yeah. So these people were gathering and like it got even worse than that because a newspaper reporter said people were walking through the yard and climbing over the hedges. <gasps> like people were just like invading the, the whole space. And, and also uh, like also destroying the crime scene and also destroying the crime scene precisely. Mm-hmm. And he even said, which I love that the newspaper reporter said this, he said, the whole thing was a screwed up mess from beginning to end. They were destroying the crime scene. And um, yeah, lo and behold, of course, uh, of course they did. So strangely, uh, a police officer ordered an ambulance attendant to start hosing away the blood uh, before they collected any evidence. 
Um, oh, wow. Come on. That's such... I don't even want to call that a rookie mistake. That's just like pure idiocy. Pure idiocy. And like, yes, it was a decade before the birth of DNA evidence, but police had not even mapped out a crime scene. They hadn't even like checked like where the pictures. window was, taken fo- like nothing. Ooh. Nothing had happened yet. And they were like, hose it off. And so there was... That's like, uh, that's literally the John Mulaney bit of, mm, blood, mop, mop it up. Mop Quickly. it up. Ex- mop it up. Exactly. That's basically what holds it down. Yeah. And there was gossip or like theories that police wanted to protect Jinx, like that their inclination was like, oh gosh, sure. of course the husband's going to be um, accused right away. So we want to protect him. Well, so if he's um, like that wealthy, maybe he owns the police no, in right. some way. And yeah. so that was the theory is like they were already acting to keep to keep him out of it or like protect yeah. him in some way. Um, again, this is all just speculation, um, but it was pretty weird that they immediately cleaned up the crime scene. Um, Jinx was a popular and prominent community member. Uh, it was not hard to believe that he would have an in with law enforcement and have some sort of connection there. And uh, police did soon question Jinx. Um, the couple had always had some issues and uh Athalia had said some unkind things about her husband, but again, he was an abusive man to his former wife. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, what, what unkind means, but, um, the other thing is that Jinx carried a machete in his trunk and he was known to have this machete in his trunk. Uh, it was soon determined that the murder weapon was a machete. (gasps) So of course my first reaction and like the, the usual reaction would be like, Oh God, that's very incriminating. But, Mm -hmm. He is a uh, realtor in Southern Florida, and apparently people just had machetes all the time. To like, I mean, you say Florida, you say machete, I go, it's a Monday, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Man, why are you always saying, you always say that, and this is the first time it's actually applied to the situation. I know. And now it, I, I, know. Get, I finally get it. It finally I know works. It. I'm so glad, you know, fi- I I was waiting for the day. It finally had its moment, that saying, you know? You know, the Florida machetes, that would be another team for us, Okay, I think. okay. We're Just in. Saying. The Florida men. It. That Florida men would... Oh, t- Florida men. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. That would be it. Um, however, as a realtor in Florida, he often used a machete to cut back thick brush at the houses he was showing. Um, and in fact, when police started to question anybody who was known to own or carry a machete, it became challenging because so many people owned machetes that it just was like okay this isn't really narrowing it down Mm -hmm. um and jinx for what it's worth surrendered his machete immediately there was nothing on it to indicate that it had been used in a brutal murder um but he had been with athalia only an hour earlier he had errands to run and she had some chores to do so they parted ways and planned to meet up later in the evening Now, he had several alibi or like several people back up his alibi because several locals testified they saw him running errands during the hour before she was killed. Um, And even pharmacy employees confirmed he was in their shop at that time. Some people even spoke to him while he was picking up milk and some of his neighbors talked to him when he was getting out of the car. So he was pretty much immediately ruled out. However, I think we both know who's uh, actually suspect number one. Uh huh. Yeah. What were you going to say? Well, I well before he, I was gonna say that I feel like he, even if he was um even if he was like seen out doing things, so like that doesn't mean he couldn't have paid someone to do it. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, that was just like a sidebar of like, I guess that's not that. I feel like if we're talking in a in a world of like rich people, I feel like you having an alibi doesn't really do much doesn't mean yeah much. no and you're gonna you're gonna definitely see that theory carried out here soon with alan um but yeah that's a good point i wonder though if like it would have been such a brutal like 
I don't know. Maybe it would have been. I'm just trying to think of like if a hitman had tried to kill her. I don't know if it would have been such a spectacle. But yeah, I feel maybe. like a hitman would have known how to would have at least also gotten rid of the body, maybe, or, or maybe they wanted it to look like, oh, she fell, and therefore there are no there's no need for a suspect. But when her head fell off. <laughs> I know. I feel like that was. I feel like it was one of those things where like. I feel like it had to directly be the person who didn't who acted on impulse and like didn't actually have a full strategy. It seemed yes, it seemed like such a brutal and like personal personal thing. Like somebody just went at her and she had like the defensive wounds. I mean, yeah. So he was ruled out for better for worse. Um, but you know, of course, now everyone's looking at Alan because mm-hmm. uh, first off, a young man named Locke, who was another one of Athalia's neighbors, was the most important witness in the case, and he had seen a man raising and lowering his arm against Athalia as if beating her. Mm. So he ran inside and told his own mother that it was Alan Stanford, and Alan Stanford was beating up Athalia. This was like right before the murder, and he said. Alan Stanford is outside attacking Athalia, killing her. And he told a newspaper the same thing. So pretty immediately people are like, okay, well, Alan definitely has a fucking motive here. Yeah. Uh, He's been like after her for, he even told her he was going to fix her, you know? And so people question Alan's family, especially his wife, Patty. And of course her stories like did not line up. She said that at the time of Athalia's murder, Alan had come home, changed clothes, had two gin and tonics while standing at the kitchen sink, looking out the window toward Athalia's house. And he saw Athalia peacefully watering her garden. But that didn't add up because she was at Jinx's house during that time. And Mm. uh, so she couldn't have been in her garden. And at that same time, more importantly, remember when I said those state investigators who had the interview with her drove by her house to confirm the address? Yeah. And they were like, she was not outside in her garden. Like we we went to the house and to to mark the the location and the address and she was not in the garden. So he's making that up. Hmm. So that part was not true. No one was outside. And she had been confirmed to have been at Jinx's house on Anastasia Island. Alan also said, well, I was driving home from work at 5.05, but the state board investigators said their meeting went until 5.15, so it, he couldn't have been driving before that. Okay. He also said after his drinks, he left back to his office to do some evening work. I love that. Like, have a couple, gin, several gin and tonics <laughs> and then go back to work. That's like... <laughs> so, like, realtor shit. Like, it's yeah. like... like solid paperwork and no, contracts no alan's the county engineer oh, he does oh, even that's even more worse. <laughs> even <laughs> more even important worse. like more uh, crucial to the infrastructure of the city and people's safety and he failed his engineering degree so i feel you know. like now when we look back on architecture from back then and it's like seems unstable i'm like now i know you were probably just it was just, it was your evening night work yeah, that uh yes, this was your evening project in the study like drinking yeah. your g and t's <laughs> I, I i totally agree it's like it makes me hesitant to go on a bridge you know what i mean yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> many things do but that's certainly on the list i was gonna say it's been added to the list i haven't quite placed it with like top 10 reasons but i think it's on there somewhere yeah. So he went back to do some evening work, he said. Um, and he said he didn't return until after the crime had happened. And in three interviews, Patty changed her story four different times. Once she said oh. she was just serving dinner when her family heard the screams. Then she said they had just finished eating dinner. And then when she was questioned again, she said they were all standing in the hallway after dinner when they heard the screams. 
And then in that same third interview, she said she was at her kitchen sink doing dishes when she heard the screaming. And they were like, mm. you're really just changing this every time you tell it. Yeah, like, girl, you're not even trying to, to hide You're not this. even coming up with, like, a good story, you know? Investigators found the Stanford family's behavior strange in general, like all of them. Um, as far as anyone knew, there was a murderer with a machete decapitating people in their neighborhood. Right. And, uh, and in their very safe neighborhood. In their like very rich safe exactly rich safe peaceful neighborhood yet alan's daughter patricia took her baby sister annette outside to play while everybody was processing the crime scene across the street so they were just like la 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 you know uh the stanford house nobody locked the doors that night or seemed particularly concerned about a you know machete wielding maniac uh, attacking the neighbors ding 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 red flag come on Yeah. And so that night, Patricia wasn't even the daughter, wasn't even scared of a murder. She was only anxious that her dad might be a suspect. And so he came into her room to comfort her and said, don't worry, I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Go to sleep, darling. (laughs) Yikes. Night, night. Kiss, kiss. Yeah. Kiss, kiss. I'll have the I'll have the nanny give you a kiss for me. (laughs) Gross. So Alan took a polygraph test. This is so weird, but not for law enforcement. In fact, law enforcement asked him to take a polygraph test, and he said no. So instead, he got a test taken by a private investigator who actually worked uh, testing, doing lie detector tests for Zales Jewelers. What? Sorry, this is such a convoluted sentence. So sometimes jewelers like that, Uh I don't know if they still do it, but they had people give like lie detectors to be like, are you going to steal the product are you trustworthy and so there was this guy whose job was like to give lie detect to administer lie detector tests to potential employees who were going to work at zales jewelers so this is the guy that uh he took a polygraph test from and so investigators heard this and were like well we're gonna just keep calling them and ask for the results and when they finally got them the company said uh the test administrator was absolutely not authorized to perform polygraph tests outside of company hiring procedures so it wasn't like even an admissible you know test result so in the following weeks this kind of goes back to your theory because people came forward to give alan alibis um they claimed they'd seen his car parked at the office at the time of the murder but weirdly enough, what a coincidence, every witness either worked for Alan or owed him a favor. Um, right. And also, the I'm imagining a place that the polygraph examiner that happened to work at a jewelry store, maybe this guy had already bought a lot of products f- from this jeweler yeah, or something. Yeah, who knows? Like, why on earth would he pick this guy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So bizarre. And so uh, every witness just happened to, like, either work for him or owed him something. And one witness was not only Alan's employee, but actually living on property that Alan, like, rent-free that Alan had given him. So, like, strings attached, folks. Strings attached to everything, especially if you're living on Alan's property, it sounds like. Right. <laughs> um, he's like, just a small favor since I let you live here for free. Go lie uh, to the police. BFD, like, yeah. Ooh, BFD. Okay, so it came out that Alan even specifically approached these people to ask them to be his alibis. Like, not only did they go do it, like, they admitted, like, yeah, he told me to say it. Oh, <laughs> so, this is not so a good sca- look. How is this a cold case? I know. That's why when he said it's a mystery, I was like, unfortunately, like, it's not. It just, like, is infuriating, you know? Yeah, this just sounds like um, a big lesson for Eat the Rich. <laughs> yeah, sounds- no, for real. Like, that, it just ends up being, like, the most eye-rolly, like, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan had also, so weird, borrowed a large machete from work a month ago, a month That's earlier. That's crazy it's and so, so unexpected. So quirky that he did that. Um, <laughs> and like, 
again, wouldn't be super weird. Like maybe he needed it for foliage. But the problem is that he never returned the machete. And when they asked for it, he said, uh, I don't know where it is. And they're like, well, that's not a good look either, friend. Yeah. So investigators obtained a warrant to Alan's home. They found a bloody napkin in the garage, two concrete blocks like the kind that they had used for fencing in their yard with blood on them. Uh, they impounded Alan's car, which he owned through his county job, and they found bloodstains on the seats and the steering wheel. There was a trail of blood leading from the murder scene to Alan's yard. Shut the fuck like, up. Like, hello. There, I mean, there's just, I, I can't think of a more obvious suspect. It makes you want to scream. Like, it makes you want to scream. It's so stupid. And to think, by the way, let's just talk about, like, the crooked, corrupt system of today where, like, so much less evidence is needed to put someone away. Yes! This is, like, a literal blood trail. Like, it's embarrassingly literal. easy to track. Yeah. And, and they didn't even need DNA evidence to track yeah. it, you know? And yeah. nowadays it's like, oh, we have, like, one-tenth of a hair follicle. <laughs> like, we exactly. can catch the guy, you know? And so it's just so infuriating. I know that's not true, whatever I just said. So please don't yell at me, <laughs> folks. I know that you don't. But even also, I mean, just to like, you know, POC, like, like they like, I mean, there have been people who have been sleeping in bed or holding Skittles. And like, that was enough to be like, oh, this person's wearing, guilty. Wearing something on their head. God forbid. Yeah. You know? like it's it's like oh well we have absolutely no evidence but this person it was warranted in my mind to die but also this person has a literal blood trail and is a yeah. true actual murderer but you know what we just can't figure it out can't it's crack the case just really rough to listen to and and you know i will say in the end this does go through the quote-unquote proper channels of court and everything and this guy still fucking gets away so it's Ugh. not even like oh the police like let him go it's like well, you'll see, but it, it's like the ma it's it's that same thing of like the big the bigger systems are the problems, you know. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get into a big rant, but it's like if you're We're looking just like page. <laughs> anecdotally, sure, you know, maybe it wasn't necessarily like oh this person's fault or that person's fault, but like the whole fucking system is screwed up here. Like, why else would this guy be mm -hmm. another eye rolling situation of of course he's walking free? Oh, anyway, okay, so um let's see he says he can't find the machete and there's a blood trail to his yard and then remember herbie <laughs> oh fully loaded of course i remember him i'm sorry to you he's fully loaded yeah <laughs> hfl uh, yeah yeah hfl uh the commissioner he's starting to get scared because he's friends with this guy and he's like oh shit like he might have genuinely had something to do with it yeah well ding ding might. ding yeah. yeah might maybe um so he insisted for you know to his benefit he he insisted the car be thoroughly searched for this missing machete um and alan started saying all of a sudden he changed his story and he said no i did return it and oh. the county crew chief whose name was freddie hudnall said excuse me this is not verbatim excuse me <laughs> but i keep an extremely meticulous inventory of county property and that machete has not been returned according to my records basically he this poor freddy guy's like so insulted because like he works so hard to keep all these meticulous oh. records and then this guy's like no i definitely returned it and he's like how dare you i know you didn't return that fucking machete i so, also know i like how you had to let me know that verbatim he didn't say girl please girl, like <laughs> girl step aside sit down because yeah. Uh, nice try putting me into your bullshit mix yeah. because I had no, I, 
it's like he had his moment finally. He's like, I knew I kept meticulous records for a reason. Everyone made fun of me. I mean, anyone who's organized is just waiting for the day to be able to <laughs> tell everyone that they're organized. Honestly, every time someone tells me they're organized, I just am like, I'm so in awe of you. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm in awe. You, yeah. you brag about that all you want. because You deserve I wish, it. You do deserve it. I wish I were organized. Yeah. So you and Freddie both, you're heroes in my eyes. Um, <laughs> so apparently Alan was like, Freddie, Freddie, Freddie. He approached Freddie twice and said, Freddie, it's quote unquote hurting me that you're insisting the machete never came back. You're hurting me, Freddie. And Ew. gross, like gross and smarmy and gaslighty and like manipulative. Um, and Freddie, of course, is like, this guy's coming up to me being like, hey, say the machete's here. Freddie's like, he's talking my to records. a type A person. Like, I don't know he's what the fuck my collection looks like. Meticulously organized <laughs> Freddie. Exactly. And so Alan's daughter, Patricia, remembered seeing the machete and she described it in detail because she just is trying to, you know, be upfront. And she said she overheard her dad telling her mom that he had found it somewhere and planned to give it to his work crews to kill snakes. Okay. Okay. He found it somewhere, like from Freddy's arsenal. Yeah, from Freddy's very meticulously organized uh, arsenal. So Alan ended up doing an interview with a local newspaper shortly after the killing because he wanted to clear his name. Um, He told the interviewer that it was not fair that he was a suspect. That's a quote. Oh, okay. Wow. I feel so bad for you. Yeah. Playing the smallest violin ever here. Yeah. Yeah. He also requested that the newspaper please dispel suspicions about him. And if they did that, it would be a real public service. Like, who's the smarmiest mofo I've ever heard? But also, like, it's like the entire system is enabling him because he gets away with it. Yes, he does. No, you're totally right. And so not once in the interview did he. But I love that we know that he told the reporter, like, please just dispel my please just yeah, it's hurting dispel my feelings. the rumors yeah and they're like <laughs> then he told us to please dispel the rumors about him like it just backfired right so he this is cringe not once in the interview did he acknowledge that his neighbor had been murdered or like that you oh, know shit. any of this had happened it just was about how frustrated he was that he was a suspect so clearing his name wasn't very successful um still the blood and motives aside uh police were like we need this fucking murder weapon so in mid-february they offered a reward hmm wouldn't you know it the next day a local man showed up with the machete (gasps) okay it's wild so there is a story as to how this happened but it was weirdly convenient they were like huh okay we just posted this but uh now you just show up the next day that there's a reward So people also took issue with him because he had been arrested for public intoxication a few times. And people were like, I don't know if he's like legit. But uh, investigators pointed out that this man, whose name was Dewey Lee, had spent much of his time in junkyards um, looking for items with resale value. And he was a mechanic. So he would be basically be out in the junkyard searching for auto parts. So it wasn't like out of the question that he would be searching a junkyard and find this machete and be like oh boy um but again the the timing was suspicious but turns out this guy dewey didn't just happen on the weapon by sheer dumb luck because he actually had a friend in the police department who said hey while you're out in the junkyards looking for auto parts can you keep an eye out for anything suspicious so he went looking for it so he spent two weeks searching for this machete it wasn't like oh he just stumbled upon it it was like he was searching for it and he said he found the machete in a marsh a few miles from marine street on the banks at low tide along with the machete was a towel 
rolled up and wrapped in a belt. Uh, mm. I don't envy the person who had to unroll this towel. Sure, me either. <laughs> me either. They unrolled the bloodstained towel, and inside they found pants, not the person. To be clear, sorry. I feel like I should clarify. Did they that. find shoe? I have to DM them later. Oh no! Yeah. To be clear, not the person. Thankfully, uh, they found pants, a white shirt, a tie, a wristwatch, a baby's diaper, and a black belt. What a baby's diaper! That's a real red herring. That's bizarre, right? And yeah. so all of these items were soaked with blood, and there were blonde hairs in the bundle as well. Now the watch, of course, had a serial number on it. And oh God! Okay. The jeweler who once repaired the watch said, "Oh yeah, that's Alan's." <sighs> uh, is it the same guy that worked at Zales? And like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you might be right. That would be so weird. Um, what's even worse for Alan is that a local clothes store and tailor and a separate dry cleaning service identified the pants and shirt as Alan's with sales receipts. Like these belong to him for sure. So finally, police are like, yes, we're able to arrest this mofo. And on February 2nd, nearly a month after Athalia's slaying, they arrested him. Of course, there is immediate public outcry. People remember young women just sobbing that he's yeah. been arrested. Oh. Like, not about Athalia's murder, but like that he's oh. been arrested and taken in. Mm -hmm. People spoke out in Alan's defense. Um, not only did most people think he was innocent, um, some people confided that even if he wasn't, Athalia got what she deserved. <gasps> Yikes. Ew, because she was abrasive. Yeah. Okay. Because everyone fucking hated her, which should she not. Had a dog. Because she had a she bird. Had, she had six plus dogs and a bird. <laughs> yeah, horrible. So Alan was released on $20,000 bail, which somebody else paid, of course. Alan was granted a leave of absence from his job. How thoughtful. And the Trinity Episcopal Church raised money to support Alan's family for the year. Um, some of the some of the congregation protested against this. Um, Jinx, the, uh, her husband, accused the church of thinking it more proper to pray for the wolf than the slaughtered lamb. Which, yeah, it mm. sounds like that's exactly what's happening. Um, Alan reached out to a lawyer friend who was, of course, from a prestigious family, and that friend recommended a criminal lawyer named Walter Arnold Jr., who was known to only take cases he found interesting. <laughs> Okay. okay. That sounds... I, I, what a privilege. They... What a privilege. Indeed. What a privilege. And uh, he was also known for winning almost every single case he tried. Well, sure. He pro The ones that he thought were interesting were the ones he thought he could win. Yeah, that's a great point. And it was probably like if you're hand selecting them, then yeah, sure. Yeah. Alan's father-in-law paid the lawyer's expensive fee and they started working together. So the prosecution tried to t move the trial to another county because they knew Alan was so well-loved in this county and was an employee, but of course they denied the motion. And so on top of that, Alan's lawyer successfully filed to suppress the evidence they found in Alan's home. So the bloody napkin, the concrete blocks with blood on them, all of that was out. Could not be brought up in court. Oh, what? Okay. Okay. The lawyer also claimed that the warrant to search Alan's house didn't describe the room-by-room -room search they were conducting, and therefore uh, it was an unlawful violation of the Fourth Amendment, blah, blah, blah. He won the motion, so they threw out all that evidence. Um, and incredibly, Locke, the young man who first went to the reporter and his mom and said, I just saw Alan killing Athalia, took the stand and recanted his statement. Hmm. Of course. Of I wonder course. why. And he said, actually, he wasn't sure who had been seen attacking Athalia, but it wasn't Alan. Uh, mm -hmm. I couldn't see them, but I 
do know that I saw their face enough to know it wasn't a different I know person. it wasn't yeah. Alan. Yeah. Yeah. So Alan's lawyer brought up the tragic death of Jinx's first wife to try and like cast Jinx in a bad light and say mm-hmm. like maybe he did it. Um, he brought up Dewey's drunkenness and lack of education, the guy who found the machete. He even suggested perhaps Dewey had killed Athalia himself. Or what? why else would he have the machete? And people were like, that doesn't make any fucking okay. sense. Okay. Um, the defense worked hard to smear Athalia's name. They called her erratic, vindictive. They painted Alan as a calm, reasonable person. And ultimately, Alan's lawyer, having successfully thrown out the in-house evidence, uh, argued that investigators paid Dewey to plant the machete in the clothes in the marsh. And uh, Alan was framed by police all along. That was his new argument. Uh, okay. So they presented him as a sympathetic man who was living everyone's worst nightmare, being accused of murder, losing his income, you know, losing his reputation. And the jury fucking ate it up and acquitted him, said he was not guilty. (sighs) The whole thing is just a nightmare. I don't have anything to say about it. I just like, just so frustrating. It gets worse. How does it get? How? You say? Let me Mm -hmm. tell you. Okay. Athalia... The murder of Athalia happened, okay? This trial happens. He's acquitted. Remember Francis? Oh, Francis Bemis? The one who just wanted a friend. She just wanted everyone to be friends, you know? Um, so she tried to create a friendlier atmosphere on Marine Street. So she knew, she was certain Alan was guilty. Sure. And one of her neighbors She's said... She's the only one with emotional intelligence, with, yeah, by with, the way. Yeah, with the fucking head on her shoulders. So... One of her neighbors said one night Frances had stopped by for just like a chit chat uh, on one of her walks through the neighborhood. And she told this neighbor, I know someone who can incriminate Alan in Athalia's killing. And she's like, I know someone who who can like incriminate him. And I'm trying I'm trying to get this this neighbor to go to the police. And she's like, he knows something. I'm trying to get him to go to the police. So what happened is November 4th, 1974, the the neighbor that she was referring to had heard a car door slam after dark and claimed to see Alan Stanford hastily heading down the street in a dark suit. And this was the night of the murder. Um, so it was very weird because the neighbor had actually donated to the church's fundraiser supporting Alan. So it's not like this neighbor was like had a vendetta against Alan. It was just, I saw Alan running down the street in a suit um, looking frenzied and I heard a car door slam. And so Francis is like, yeah, I'm trying to get this neighbor to go to the police and like tell them what, what they know. So fast forward, Francis is telling her, her neighbor about this and like, Ooh, I have somebody who, who has some Intel. Well, Later that day, around 7 p.m., a woman nearby heard someone screaming near her house, so she called the police. They drove through the area, saw nothing, didn't even check in with the person who called, and left. The next morning, a woman walking her dog south of Marine Street found the body of Francis Bemis, who had been murdered in an empty lot. (gasps) No. I know. And Francis, who was 76 years (gasps) old and was just trying to for everyone to get along. She had not been robbed, she had not been raped, but she had been beaten mercilessly and had died of blunt force trauma to the head. Uh, nearly all of her bones were broken, and she had been partially strangled. Um, there were rumors that Alan was the murderer, but there was no evidence, um, and it's, it was so violent that uh, investigators figured it was personal, but they kept hitting dead ends. And uh, there really was never an answer to that. So the Stanford family moved away. Um, good riddance, I say. 
And Patty Stanford uh, eventually died of cancer. And strangely enough, she left her inherited family fortune only to her daughters, none to her husband, Alan. And he ended up fighting the will and taking his daughter's money. And he even spent their college funds. So they had to sue their own father to recover what was left of their late mother's finances. Like just a disaster of a situation. Um, Alan himself died of cancer in 2006. And in the end, nobody was ever charged with the brutal killing of Francis or Athalia. And uh, the case, you know, in St. Augustine is still kind of uh, whispered about, talked about. Um, The, the, it was just such a shocking incident and the fact that this was such a, like a wealthy and elite and um, you know, peaceful neighborhood uh, just made it that much more shocking. And so in online forums, you can find locals, even, even people who like knew the families themselves um, arguing about who they believe did it, who might've done it. Um, And so people are still, you know, debating that to this day, but either way, the cases remain unsolved and, quite frankly, it doesn't seem very promising that they will get solved anytime soon. Wow. The end. That's not really, yay. I feel like that's not really that cold of a case. That's a warm, lukewarm case. So frustrating because it's like, it shouldn't be a cold case. It shouldn't at all. I mean, that just goes to show you if you've got a good lawyer, I guess you can just get out of the bad anything. Money, money, money. Yeah, very tragic and, and just like so horrifically violent and brutal and i mean in cold blood like that it's just disturbing so wow what a bummer well at least i can go to bed not wondering who did it yeah there you go at least you have an answer for once it's like not totally you know it's unsolved but like at least we have some answers it's solved it's pretty solved well unfortunately (laughs) it's not because otherwise they would mark it so but yes it's solved in our hearts <laughs> yeah yeah boy wow yeah, very uh very frustrating case so you know sometimes the old ones are still just as like rough angering yeah and angering even if there's time between now and when they happen so boy well thanks um You're so it was a good story. It was definitely a lot of, um, we definitely found a way to insert a lot of tangents in there, which I feel like we never really get to do in your that's, stories. You know what? That's true. We did have a lot of, a lot of things to say about people's nicknames and so on and so forth. I'm, I'm usually in constant fear of, uh, <laughs> yeah. I still find a way to over interrupt despite my efforts, but I, I am always really, um, no, you're nervous totally right. during, nervous during your stories because i don't want to insult victims or anything like that or make a call before we know yeah 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 but there were definitely branches to to play off of today i guess so yes we at least got to joke about people's hilarious nicknames (laughs) yeah yeah uh well i'm i'm i don't know what to say i thank you for the story christine thank you for the knowledge i did it for you you're welcome knowledge is power yes thank you for doing it for me power and also i can't wait to do an after chat where we talk about something less dire do you have a topic in mind nope okay me either let's see where our chaos takes us uh if you are part of patreon then uh you can head on over to our after chat after this episode and I don't know. Watch us bumble even longer through you things. Just fumble and bumble around. And that's why we drink. <laughs>